Welcome back to the Nuts and Bolts Podcast. This week, just got the three of us. Myself, Matt, got Clay Ricks, and Jason Hill. What's up, guys? Howdy. Oh, man, just living. Oh, man. I freezing, freezing up here. No, <laughs> it's cold. Dude, freezing my ass off. Walked outside, like, negative six wind chill. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a snowpocalypse without the snow. <laughs> I told Mark he was leaving town this morning. And I was like, "You take this Canadian weather back with you." I know you're no joke. But uh, yeah, we got a little bit of snow and more just a uh, flurry than anything. By middle of the afternoon, sun come out a little bit and it was all gone real fast. Uh, none of it stuck or anything, but it's still like 11 degrees here. Some crap. I'm like North Texas ain't built for this. Yeah. And if I look out the window and there's an Eskimo walking through my yard, I will not be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, with ours, I think it was just the humidity in the air froze. It wasn't really any precipitation, so it wasn't right. like it was truly like sleeting or anything like that. And it's so cold, it's not that it's not that weird temperature where like it melts and becomes water and then freezes and becomes ice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's cold enough to be like completely <laughs> solid, so it just blows away. There is no melting right now. No. Yeah. No. So, need, needless to say, there ain't no flying going on. No, but it makes for some interesting painting conditions. <laughs> so, <laughs> in front of the propane heater. <laughs> well, no, I was. <laughs> I'd take it outside. <laughs> yeah, we can get into that in a minute, but. <laughs> Anyways, do we want to do some updates on kind of what we've been working on or uh, just get right into it? Or what do y'all want to do? No, go for it, man. What have you been doing? Well, I know what you've been working on. Well, so I guess I could just finish up what I was saying about the painting. Yeah. So um, so I've been, I wanted to paint the Falcon spinner that's going on my RV 870 and uh, wet sanded the clear. So the Falcon carbon spinners come cleared. And I wet sanded that with some 800 grit, uh, wiped it down with some acetone, cleaned it up real nice. Uh, I sprayed it with some Krylon, which probably wasn't the best paint of choice, but it's what I had. I sprayed with some Krylon white and I put a couple of light coats on that. Then I wet sanded that after I, I let it cure for 24 hours. And then I wet sanded it again with 800 grit. Then I uh, sprayed three coats of red. Um, I don't remember the color exactly. Uh, it's a something red, but anyway, it's a rust-oleum product. It's uh, an acrylic enamel. It three coats of good, that. Though, it? Yeah, it's the one that Mark Deal used, right. and yeah. and he told me about what color to get and all that. It so far is a really amazing paint. Sprays really well. Uh, it laid down pretty damn slick. And uh, put three coats of that, and then I did a coat of clear. That's the same product, the Rust-Oleum acrylic enamel. And, uh, yeah, it turned out great. But like we said, it's super cold. So I was like, how am I going to make this work with paint that is supposed to be applied between 55 and 75 degrees? So I brought everything in the house. Um, actually, the, the acrylic the, the Rust-Oleum paints I've had in the house for ever since I got them so that they wouldn't go through temperature cycles. Mm-hmm. But I brought everything in the house. I actually wet sanded it in my laundry room sink 
<laughs> and I would take it outside or when it got windy, I would take it all the way to the shop and I would spray a, a coat on there. And then I would bring everything back inside in the laundry room and set it on the dryer until the recoat window. So I've been taking this thing in and out because I obviously don't want to spray it in the house, but it's too cold outside. So my thought is like, at least a, out there, it won't warm up that quick or it won't get cold that quick rather. And I can bring it back inside where it's warm and let it cure out. And uh, the smell hasn't been too bad. It's all contained in the laundry room. So um, <laughs> it's worked out though. It looks really nice. So I'm happy with it. So wait, you aren't spraying it in an enclosed space like one of our friends does, you know, melts lead. <laughs> yeah, and don't quote me on this, but they may have actually painted their airplanes inside the house too. <laughs> Would not surprise me at all. Right. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> explain well, it explains some things though, really. The twitch to ask stuff, you, you know. I have to ask, but those World War One planes, I know they paint them with uh, latex mm -hmm. thinned down with like a uh, the really window cheap wash. Windex. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and uh, and so I know they spray it. Maybe they spray it out in the garage. I don't. I don't actually know. But either way, yeah, those guys are nuts. So you got <clears throat> you guys might know this. I'm not sure, but that's the exact same way. I painted my 737 and the F-18. <laughs> is the latex paint with the uh, the really cheap uh, Windex? So is it not Windex? indoors though? <laughs> is it the? Uh, I thought it was like the stuff you put in your window wash, uh, like on your car. No, I actually use Windex, and uh, the stuff that I use actually comes from Home Depot. It's a Home Depot brand HDX okay. window cleaner. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was Windex, but yeah, for some reason I was thinking I had heard somebody had used washer fluid too, the, yeah. blue, the blue washer fluid, but I that's, could be making that up. I don't know. That's possible, but I've, I've done it twice. Like I said, to two different airplanes and I use the, uh, Wait. the really cheap Windex. Yeah. We so, use Windex and, uh, airbrushing too. I, I have to, I wonder why not just water because latex is a waterborne coating. It helps it flow. If I understand it correctly, I know in the airbrush, the Windex helps it, helps it flow better. I, I really, I really couldn't answer why I read it and tried it. And it, it really, really worked. Yeah. So. I would have thought water would do okay. Uh, back a long time ago when I was still building the, uh, the little blue core foam airplanes, uh, mm -hmm. the blue fan fold, I used uh, some apple barrel acrylic. And I just thinned it out with water. And at O'Reilly's, you could buy this little aerosol. It's just a tube of aerosol with a glass jar that goes on the yep. bottom. Yep. And I would just put my paint in there and I'd add a little bit of water and keep mixing it until I got it to where it's like, yeah, that probably, that's about right. And then I would spray it and it worked great. So anyway, yeah. that was just plain old water. Yeah. Um, but no, so the spinner is for my RV870, which I'm finally working on. Uh, I've had this thing for a while, and I don't know if I'd started it when the last time we recorded, but I've been working on that. I've got it probably about 70% done. I've still got a few things left, but uh, 
I, I hate to say it. I got some of the time consuming stuff left. Some of the work, yeah. most time consuming is done. Like all the wiring is done. It looks good. What's, what's left is the cutting the cow, setting up the throttle arm. Um, I've got to install the mufflers. Obviously that comes after the cow is cut, but um, still got to drill the spinner back plate. So I've still got a few things to do, but yeah, the anyway. pictures I've seen, it looks really clean, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's a good looking plane. I know it's got a lot of room inside it, but that just, it came out really good. I appreciate so it. Before. And yeah. I put a lot of time into that, uh, like I always do, but I think this may be the cleanest one yet, actually. Yeah, it looks good for that, sure. That fuel tank looks awesome. Yeah. The way you got the lines routed around it, sitting right in the middle of the fuselage. Yeah. So one of the things I did do this time, um, I've used the little foam wire holders that uh, Northwest RC sells. Terry Wiles actually cuts those out for Northwest RC, but uh, I've used those for a long time. And they're they're great, don't get me wrong. But I wanted some that were a little bit bigger diameter hole because the eighth inch fuel tubing is too big for those. Mm -hmm. And I wanted some that were a little bit taller to because of some of the formers in the airplane. And I've wanted that for a while on other airplanes. Like, man, it'd be nice if this was just a quarter inch taller or whatever. So I drew some up in Fusion 360 and I cut my own sheet of those little foam wire holders and uh pretty happy with how they turned out actually that foam cuts incredibly well with the laser oh <laughs> yeah i bet it's amazing <laughs> it, it even engraves okay too um so the fuel tank i actually put my uh my company logo on the little fuel tank pad i was like <laughs> yeah this is this is a little over the top but that looked cool yeah so and might as well experiment while I can, right? Right. And this is also the first one I've done. I have no zip ties in it anywhere. Everything is either the little foam pieces or Velcro. How did and you stick the foam pieces down? Like medium CA or what? Medium CA, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the good thing about that foam is the way it wicks medium. Yeah. It sticks. And when they're like, they're there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Might have to try some of those. Yeah. And I went over the top. This plane comes equipped. I bought the RFSV. So it has all the extensions in there. Um, yeah. I ended up putting all new extensions in it that I built with Powerbox wire. I can't really say why. It started out with <laughs> the extensions for the elevator were just a little bit too I, short for my I, liking. I was going to say they were a touch too short. Yeah. Yeah, and then that turned into well, I'm going to do the entire airplane. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and I wire loomed it and all that stuff too. So, um, but yeah, it turned out nice. I, I'm really happy with it so far. Um, but and you put a plate on the bottom of the pilot too, didn't you? Yeah, I forget. I'm glad you reminded me of that. So yeah, I took the pilot figure that I bought from Aircraft International. Uh, set it on my uh, scanner. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually learned a little bit about Fusion 360 in doing this. So I set it on my just a HP scanner printer that I've got. Okay. And I scanned the base. 
And then I took that and I imported it into Fusion under the canvas, which allows you to draw on top of it. Right. And I tried a few different ways. I tried doing like ellipses. Um, I tried different things, but it, it's not a perfect ellipse. So that was where it was kind of throwing me off. So I ended up drawing it as a spline, I believe is what it was called like fixed spline or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I played around with that quite a bit because I'd never used that feature before. And I drew it all out and I had it looking right. And then I pulled it into, or I went in, did the uh, manufacturing tab to turn it into a, like a tool path and export it as DXF, blah, 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 all that stuff, right? So I pulled it over into, uh, or no, I was getting ready to pull it over into Lightburn. And I had, uh, so I took the pilot figure and I set it in the cockpit and then I took a pin and like I positioned it like, okay. Cause it, I didn't know where I needed the bolt holes to be in that wood plate that I was making. Yeah. Cause you put uh blind nuts in it, right? Yep. I did. So, yeah. Okay. So I needed to know where at on that plate, those blind nuts were going to need to be yeah. in order to match up with the way the canopy was made. So I just set the pilot figure in the canopy took a pen and reached through the little spots and I marked it and I thought, okay, I'll mark it. And then whenever I draw it in fusion, I can use those little marks and then I'll just make a hole, the diameter that I need it to be, which is like four and a half millimeters for a, a three millimeter blind nut. Okay. When I went to draw the 4.5 millimeter hole, it was bigger than my whole drawing. <laughs> and i was like oh my god i was like it's out of scale i was like so i had to learn how to scale the canvas mm-hmm. to make it work i didn't know that and I, so i ended up wasting it took me probably three times longer than it should have because i was learning as i went right right, right. um but anyway once i got it all right uh i pulled it over into light burned went out and cut it and it fit right the first time nice so i was happy about that and then what i ended up doing is i cut it out of just birch ply first and i got in a hurry and i didn't set my laser just right and i had it cut and i had to set it up for like quarter inch thick and i was cutting eighth inch so it charred it a little bit and i was like eh, not real happy with that so i'm gonna cut it again and then i thought i should probably use light ply I don't need the structural strength of birch. I've got a little bit of light ply. So I ended up cutting it out of light ply, which laser cuts amazingly. I mean, it's just, (laughs) you can cut that stuff so fast. I bet. And low power, and it gets very little to no char on it. I mean, it looks amazing when it's cut. And uh, I ended up cutting... uh, where the blind nuts went, I made some little circles so that it was two layers thick right there. Um, then I thought, well, I need to make relief cuts into the pilot figure itself for those. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not, I'm not just going to be able to just mash it in there. So then I, I made a makeshift, uh, hot wire or, or what do you call it? Hot wire foam cutter. I tried to, it didn't work. Um, I mean, it did, but it didn't. I mean, the soldering iron didn't just wall it out. 
Yeah, well, that's what I did. Is I took a soldering iron, I took one of my old irons. Um, well, I've done this before with foam, and it worked out really well. I took yeah. one of my old soldering irons, and you know the uh, your exacto handle, how it's mm-hmm. got the little compression sleeve yeah. on the end. Yeah, yep. I have a Hobbyco soldering iron. That compression sleeve fits down in there almost perfectly. Nice. And so. <laughs> Um, what I was doing, this was two, three years ago. I was trying to install led, like some, um, circuit board led light strips, uh, that had came out of like a, a hobby King fly beam, I think is what that thing was called. They weren't, uh, led strips, like what the flexible type they were like on a circuit board. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was trying to put those into a fun cub because, wanted to make a night fun cub and this thing turned out amazing actually when it's all said and done i was i was really proud of myself on this one but i was (laughs) like how am i gonna cut a channel into foam and what i ended up settling on is i took an exacto blade and the little compression piece i'm talking about and i took an exacto into that compression piece and then down into a soldering iron and it would heat that exacto blade up enough to cut foam with it pretty yeah. reasonable. Made a hot knife out of it. Yep. Yeah. And so the other thing I did to make the little channel cuts in that foam is I took my solder torch and I heated an exacto blade up super hot. And I actually bent it around 180 and made a mm-hmm. made like a, a groove like a cutter. Yeah. Yep. And dude, it, it would fillet that foam out perfect. It was amazing how well it worked, actually. So I thought, well, hey, with that in mind, I'm going to makeshift a hot wire foam cutter with a paper clip. I was like, I just got to make two holes. It'll be fine. (laughs) Didn't transfer the heat at all, hardly. So what Mm -hmm. I ended up settling on after I burnt my fingertips pretty bad, (laughs) what I ended up settling on was taking my soldering torch and heating up the uh paper clip super hot and while it was in the handle of the uh uh, soldering iron i just cut out some little crude little holes for my blind nuts to go up into and then i glued it up with some uh, beacon foam tack and just let it sit overnight and it's uh it's actually sitting here it's in the canopy now it turned out really nice but, uh, so yeah, I've been trying to, <laughs> I've been having to make processes a little bit on this build, which is fun. I enjoy that part of it. I'm sorry, sounds like it's right. working out for you. Yeah. I do it all the time, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The level, I'm not at your level yet though. <laughs> uh, I've got all kind of little funny tools that I imagined up. Some of them worked and some of them didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the part that I enjoy. It, it, and Jason's actually the you're the one that got me thinking this like uh, 3D printing stuff. For a long time, I was like, I don't really have that much need for 3D printing stuff. I was like, ah, battery trays, you know, knickknacks here and there, whatever. And then you have a 3D printer, and like, how many times I'm like, I need a tool. It doesn't yeah. necessarily need to be super strong. I think I yeah. can make that work. <laughs> <laughs> if you can think of it, you can do it. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
So it's funny, like making up makeshift tools to just, it's like, I don't need it to work great. I just need it to work a couple times. Right. So, uh, that's pretty much it. I know since the last time we recorded, I don't remember. I really don't remember what all we talked about, but, uh, the RV eight has been the focus of my attention and it's mostly done. I would have probably finished it today, but it's just too cold out in the shop. My shop's not insulated or heated or nothing. So I do. The only heat I have out there is basically sitting directly in front of a propane heater. Right. So you need three or four of them. <laughs> yeah. And, and the way as it's cold built, as it is. <laughs> well, and the way it's built, I walked out there in the shop and even my house, the wind is just blowing through every seal. Like it's blowing through my back door and yeah. I had to put some towels around it. I'm going to have to re-weather strip it. It's, it's that kind of cold. It's like when it's even cold blowing through the windows and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My kitchen windows the same way. So um, anyway, Jason's been working on something pretty exciting that uh, we hinted at a few weeks ago. Yeah. You ready to spill the beans, Jason? Well, on the way to Antarctica this year, I uh, had my computer with me, a personal computer, and I actually designed... <clears throat> okay, story starts even before that. <laughs> it um, started at Superfly. Yeah, that's where I was about to go. So uh, in Lindsay at Superfly, I talked to Ben Fisher. Um, as he was packing up, I was bugging him, asking him questions, and he explained to me uh, the process he used to make a mold for a, a composite aircraft that he worked on. And he, you know, it's kind of a fun project. Actually, it was, it looked like it was a lot of fun. And I got to thinking, I, I have everything required to do that. And his came out awesome. Of course it's been, so uh, <laughs> right. take that with a grain <laughs> of salt. How could it not? Um, <clears throat> but he, he gave me the idea and, I figured I had to try it for myself. So uh, on the way to Antarctica, I spent time designing a uh, an aircraft in, uh, it's actually called, uh, what's the name of that program? I actually bought a program that helps you build the fuselage or the, the uh, what do you call it? 3D model of the fuselage. It's, so dev, it's a design dev software or what? Yes. Okay. It's called DevFuse, D-E-V-F-U-S, I believe. I'm trying to get to it on my computer right now, just so I can be accurate. So but what, it actually, is it, what does it specialize in, I guess, is where I'm confused at. DevFuse Mold. So what this program actually does is it lets you take three view drawings of an aircraft. You can import the three view drawings and then draw on top of those drawings. Uh, you draw a side view and then a top view of the aircraft based on your the uh, the uh, the three view that you imported, mm-hmm. and it uses those two drawings to actually build a fuselage, a three D STL of a fuselage. That's cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and it works very well. Um, I've done two airplanes on it. One was just for fun; I was kind of practicing, and. Uh, the other one that I'm actually printing now, I took a little bit more time with and perfected, but it has all the, I guess you call it plugins to make a, uh, for instance, a canopy hatch. You could make wing slots, slots for the 
the horizontal. Um, you can even make the vertical part of the fuselage if you want to. Um, and this program is kind of, it helps you do all that. Um, it takes a little bit of tinkering, tinkering with to get, uh, to get good at it. I'm not good at it by any means, but I'm functional with it at this point. And uh, I really like it. So uh, I've, I've actually got plans for another airplane or so that I'm going to try to mess with here in a little while. But uh, so first, um, I got to say, I'm not stopping work on my big B-52. But right now it's cold out in the shop and I really don't want to be out there. I can warm it up, but it takes hours to do pre-planning. And so we'd work in and it getting cold at or not cold, but dark at 530 in the afternoon. I just don't have the motivation to go out there. <laughs> right. So um, I kind of been spending time doing this. I've printed about half of the, the buck for the mold. And the aircraft that I'm actually designing right now is a, um, I, I did design that printing the, uh, the buck for, is a 120 inch B-52. So a little bit smaller, a little bit more manageable size, still giant scale, and still should be able to incorporate a lot of scale, things like the uh, landing gear, working Bombay, uh, all that kind of thing. I'll probably 3D print the nose just like I did for the big B-52. Um, actually, no, I've already, <laughs> sorry, I've already drawn the nose. It's part of the fiberglass fuselage, so. <laughs> um, Anyway, it should be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting it, uh, getting started on it. The uh, the 3D printing looks great. Uh, it's got a hatch in the nose for the batteries. Um, the actual cockpit comes off. Excuse me, that's not for the batteries. The cockpit comes off. I'm actually planning to put the radio equipment up there, and the on-off switch. So the the hatch for the uh, cockpit basically comes off, and right inside there will be your receiver and the on and off switch, easy to get to. Is she um, going to make it magnetic or what? Uh, probably, yeah. So it's, um, what uh, size power system? That's 64 millimeter maybe? I was actually planning on 70 millimeter fans. Okay. But 64 or 70 would be fine for what I have uh, planned. Okay. Uh, I actually have it written down somewhere in a folder, or not folder, but in a binder around here somewhere i don't know where i did with it. it's probably out in the shop but yeah I, I planned out the power system already uh that's one of the things that's also nice about this it should be a lot lighter i can go down to like four cell batteries which yeah. will dare i ask how many motors how many fans well, it's still gonna be eight. Oh, okay right. <laughs> just making sure just making sure yeah i'm still planning on eight fans uh Make sure you want to put any dummies on the outer ones or something, you know? No, uh, I'm pretty uh, pretty happy with the uh, the eight on the big one, so I'm going to stick to doing eight. Nice. Okay. Um, so will the, other, the engine nacelles, would you be able to basically modify what you've already got for the big one to make it fit the smaller ones <clears> and just so th I 3D print those, or are you going to try to mold them? I was actually thinking about that this afternoon. That's one part of the airplane that I haven't tried to work on yet as far as designing. But I do think that I could basically bit miniaturize the, uh, the nacelles that I've already built. Um, I could also make a buck to make a fiberglass mold for those 
but I think it's easier just to 3D print them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, long story short, I haven't decided yet, but there's a couple different options I could use. Well, with the design you already have done, if you could just tweak it, right. that would probably save you countless hours. Right. Um, you know, and I and like then, that design. And it's lightweight, um, yep. serviceable. There's a lot of perks to the design you already have. So, uh, I agree. It's it's a pretty uh, pretty workable design. So that that's a definitely an option. Just miniaturizing it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, I guess one of the bad things about this is that it's given me more ideas. This whole <laughs> process, and after the drawing work is done, I mean, printing the three D printing is easy. Um. Oh, that's another thing. Matt, by the way, thank you for the help with the uh, Sidewinder. I was going to ask you if you got it going. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Good deal. Um, because of this whole project and undertaking, I actually bought a whole other 3D printer. I bought a large format 3D printer, which just means it uh, has a bigger build area than the printer I had previously. And the Sidewinder is 300 millimeters by 300 millimeters with and depth and then 400 millimeters tall for the uh the build area which is relatively big uh for an in-home printer it's actually it is big yeah it's Mm -hmm. like 12 by 12 give or take yeah so uh and it's actually it's actually printing right now printing some fuselage pieces right now it's not as intuitive as my prusa but it works so i've been real happy with mine yeah. So. Yeah. The bulk of the printing you do is on those artilleries, really, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That's what I prefer to use. Although I, I've got that Creality. Actually, I've got a couple of Creality's. I've got those Ender 3s, and then I have that CR10S, which is also large format. It's the same same size build plate, 12, it's 300 yeah. by 300. And it's nice. Um, I can't do TPU because it's not direct drive. Um, gotcha. It's Bowden tube, but. Otherwise, it's almost the same, you know. Uh, I like the I like the artillery a little bit better. The touch screen and stuff it's a little bit easier to use. The screen is nice. I do like it. That's one of the features I really like on it. Yeah, they have all kinds of mods for that thing too. Which you uh, can do if you really want to get into it. I need to look into one of the forums for. I'm on a Prusa forum. But I need to get into one of them for the artillery because I'm sure there's a bunch of little things I could do to even make it a little bit more uh, user friendly. I'll send you a link because there's a a guy that's building uh, replacement boards and stuff for it, um, upgraded Ooh. stuff, upgraded okay. fan setups and all that kind of stuff. But I'll uh, I'll send you a link here in a second for it. I so, appreciate it. Yep. It's funny that we're talking about this because. I actually saw a post yesterday, I think, maybe the day before, on the Fusion 360 group. And there are guys that I didn't realize Fusion had this option at all, but there are guys out there that are running their 3D printers directly, like they're writing the G code mm-hmm. in Fusion rather than exporting it to like Cura or something like that, like a slicer. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And there were some guys that were saying that they liked to use Fusion for everything because it was just one program. And of course, there was a lot of guys that's like, well, Cura has 
way more detail and, and you can fine tune it better and so on and so forth. And for me, with the way Matt showed me how to do it, you just go in there and click 3D print and then it exports it to Cura. Cura opens yeah. automatically. I don't really understand the whole reason behind writing the G code and slicing it in Fusion, but apparently it has the capability. So, well, see, it's like Prusa Slicer versus Cura. It's a lot of times it's whichever one you started with, but like whichever one I get good results at. That's what I stuck with. So when I started getting good results out of Cura, I just never moved away from it because I tweaked Cura enough that I'd spent enough time with it that I was comfortable with it. And so I just kept using it. But like Prusa Slicer is good too. Um, I haven't ever tried to do anything out of Fusion like that though. Um, yeah. That's interesting. There was a, a mostly guys that were using Cura on this particular post, but there was a mm-hmm. few guys that liked the Prusa Slicer. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting too. My Creality really likes the Prusa Flosser, but uh, I've tweaked Cura enough that it does pretty good. It, it does just as good on it. So I've, in just in the last week, uh, I, I had uh, Cura, but I hadn't played with it very much. Um, I think the Sidewinder likes Cura better than the Prusa Slicer. And obviously the Prusa machine, uh, Prusa Slicer works perfectly with it. Right. So... I'm just kind of going back and forth between the two right now. <laughs> right. I did that for a little while between my Creality and that artillery stuff, but uh, then I finally just got them all working on Cura so I could try to simplify it, but it took me a little bit. But yeah, I could see Prusa Slicer working for your Prusa a lot better. I'm sure yeah. it's tweaked yeah. for that. It works perfectly with that thing. Yeah, I don't know that I'd mess with that. <laughs> uh, I don't blame you there either. Yeah. I use... I used Cura because that's what Matt showed me. So <laughs> I knew how to make it work. <laughs> you guys are way more uh, refined and in depth with your 3D printing than I'll ever be, likely. Uh, uh, I, mean, I, I dabble and play. Well, there's a difference in what I'm doing. Like Matt's doing the figurines with the, uh, what do you call it? Resin the resin printer you know yeah. and matt's matt's got a lot more better detailed stuff and then you're doing stuff with the you know with the airplanes and and on and i'm over here making like glue caddies and <laughs> like part like left like bed leveling tools for my my laser that's that was one i was pretty proud of though for that matter but uh i've been making mm-hmm. like fixtures and uh just things like that more than i do like anything functional, that, though. yeah exactly yeah know, i mean yeah, yeah i'm looking at it from the utility standpoint rather than the cosmetic so right if it doesn't come out perfectly cosmetic okay as long as it, <laughs> as long works, it stays I'm, together <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah i hear you so. eh, i go back and forth some things are functional and i don't care what they look like and then there's others when i'm printing for example the whole nose cone of an airplane i want it to come out perfect yeah. Right. Yeah, that's worth printing a couple times if that's what you have to do. Yeah. You get the flaws out of it or whatever. Just depends on what you're doing. Exactly. Depends on what you're doing. Man, I'm excited about that. Um, I th- I always find it interesting when somebody's trying a new build technique, you know, learning a new process because that's all it, it just makes you better, you know. Mm-hmm. So in uh you guys know I was in Puerto Rico, what, two weeks ago, week and a half ago. I was there for 
couple weeks. Poor bastard. And <laughs> well, have we that's recorded? Not the, was that oh, that's our right. last time we recorded or no? That was. You're yeah. absolutely right. So I sent you guys the the view from my balcony while we were recording. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> at the uh, airport there in San Juan, they have a bunch of little you know island hoppers that come in and out of there all the time. And a Britain Norman Tri Islander taxied by while I was there, which most people are going to have to look that up because it's it's not a very well known airplane. They only made seventy seven of them, I think. I, I had to look it up after uh, after I saw it. What is it called? But Britain Norman Tri Islander. Gotcha. Okay. Um, uh, it's an interesting airplane to me because of its size and the fact that it has three engines. Oh, this is that prop job. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Gotcha. And I've been interested in it ever since I was a little kid. I saw a picture of one and just thought it was really interesting. Uh, it's a very good uh, STOL aircraft. Apparently, the full scale is. Um, it's got a big straight wing flaps. And like I said, three engines, plenty of power. Uh, it's actually based on a twin engine airplane that they wanted more payload capacity out of and more. Uh, better short takeoff performance. So they gave it more power and it increased the length of the nose for baggage and stuff like that. Anyway, looking at it, when it taxied by, I realized that the process that I'm experimenting with now, making a fiberglass fuselage, it would be a great subject for that. Um, so in the future, when I get done with the B-52, that'll probably be the next aircraft I try this with. Yeah, it is different looking for sure. That long nose on it and the three it, yeah, props. That's so it's different. It's really unique. It's not a, not exactly a beautiful aircraft, but it's unique. And uh, I've never seen a remote control one. I'm sure somebody has made one before. Um, I actually went to the AMA plan service just to look, and they actually had a plan for one. I think it's a 78-inch wingspan. So that might be the basis for my uh, fiberglass model here. (laughs) That's awesome. See, that's obscure airplanes like that always interest me. It's the kind of thing I like, man. (laughs) So speaking of STOL and uh, or Stoll aircraft, um, did you guys hear that the, so the Pilatus Porter, the PC-6 is now officially discontinued? Oh, no, I hadn't. Yeah, the the, the full-scale PC-6, the last one rolled off the assembly line the other day and went, crashed in the Mediterranean. Oh, no, seriously. Yeah, like on its first flight out of the factory or something, like very soon after Wow, it left the factory. The last one to leave the factory is totaled out in the Mediterranean. Oh, that sucks. Wow. yeah it sucks sucks. i've always really liked the pc6 it's it's one of those ugly airplanes that's just cool yeah ultimate utility man it's not designed to look good but it's good at what it does apparently it's a hard airplane to fly to (laughs) they say that or from what i gather it's um it's an airplane that'll bite you that's what they always said here um so this was december 13th 2022 it says plus aircraft yesterday delivered the last pc6 porter marking the end of a 63 year production run for the rugged wow. 
unpressurized turboprop single. Um, And so that article obviously was published. I think it looks like an anteater. So it it, yeah, aardvark. <laughs> yeah, an aardvark. Yep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let's see if I can find this article here, where it talks about the the fate of the last one. I think that just means they need to build another one. Can't go out on a <laughs> right. <laughs> the last one going into the ocean. Come on, can't have that. There it is. Yeah, the very last Pilatus PC six. Uh, just Oops. after takeoff, does that say Helicon? Uh, Her- Her- Heraclion? Hercleon? Hercleon? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, so uh, the way I read it, it was it was on the delivery flight from the factory. That's crazy. You guys remember Air America, right? Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. why. So Goldeneye <laughs> and Air America are why I love this airplane. <laughs> yep, that was that made me like that movie just just the fact that they opened it with a Pilatus flying through the jungle. Yep, that's fine. I loved it as soon as uh, Robert Downey Jr. is like, "We're gonna land there." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is watching the uh, go on YouTube and watch the like they really do that. That wasn't just like some stunt for the movie right that's that's a real thing <laughs> for somebody that was normal ops <laughs> yep so uh this article here on globalair.com it says uh lattice aircraft sent out the final plash porter pc6 for delivery on monday the plane did not make it the final pc6 crashed into the sea near crete injuring one and killing another oh man so yeah i'd have to build another one just on that premise now just to shake that off yeah yeah it says uh the hellenic coast guard uh that's is that greece yes yeah okay that's what i thought uh i don't remember crete i wasn't sure what part of i wasn't sure what country it was a part of Really, all I know is it's an island in the Mediterranean. I was going to say, I, I, I just know I it's an know island. Much, yeah, I don't know much else Greece. about Crete, you know. Yep. So, but that sucks. Hmm. Oh, yep. I need to build another one then. I, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> where are so, you going? Where are you going next, Jason? Uh, probably Pacific next, I believe. So back towards uh. Hawaii, Guam. I was going to say, area. imagine that you're going to go sit in Hawaii for another three weeks. <laughs> you poor bastard. While we're freezing our asses off over here in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Someone has to do it. I keep telling you that. <laughs> yep. Uh huh. <laughs> well, what are you going to, Matt? Making me question all my life choices at the moment. <laughs> like, I, I went the wrong direction. <laughs> Uh, man, I guess I've done a few different things. Let's see. Uh, I did pick up a new radio. Um, the, uh, X 18 SE from FreeSky finally came in stock at Aloft. So, uh, got that ordered, got it in, been messing with it. Um, 
was going to install it on uh, a receiver in uh, my 60 inch uh, stream flight NG, uh, but I haven't got that far. Uh, the weather hasn't exactly cooperated and time hasn't allowed me to either. So, uh, but I got a handful of receivers. I've got a lot of the smaller archer receivers are out of stock. So I'm kind of waiting on those, but uh, Mark had uh, one of the six channel archers, which is a, that thing is, it's tiny um, that I'm going to use in a flat foamy. So I've had a JTA, uh, um, extra for i don't know over a year that uh sat in a box uh, i'd open it up look at it see all the carbon pieces nah, i'll do that later <laughs> <And laughs> close the box back up but i uh, finally sat down this week and started working on it and uh i've got it about glued up um got a few more pieces to go and then put the electronics in it hopefully it's probably saturday what is today thursday so yeah i'll finish up the gluing tomorrow hopefully put electronics in it on Saturday and, uh, and then uh, program it up on that new free sky radio and uh, go from there. So I'm excited about that. Uh, it's something different, something new to mess with. Um, I really like the, the uh, features of that uh, free sky radio. So uh, I think the next thing I'll probably do with it cause it's, they've released full integration with the icon uh, brain uh, fly barless controllers. I'll probably uh, hook it up through one of my helicopters and uh, work with that uh, just to, to mess with it and see how it does. But uh, I've flown a couple different models on them uh, with uh, Mark and, and Bill both having one here. Uh, it's a little different. Um, the stick throw on it uh, is noticeably more than my Futaba 18SZ that I've been using for years. Um, so that's a little bit different to get used to. They have some limiters that you can put in it, but uh, I don't know very many people that have used it. But uh, I think I'm just going to try and get used to it the way it is. Uh, with the extra throw, uh, one thing we've noticed is you can drop your expo down uh to you know considerably less than what you were using because you've got all that um i don't know if i want to call it resolution but uh just expo. that yeah that yeah. uh extra you know movement in the stick that allows you uh some leeway there so um looking forward to getting onto that but i finally got that jta going because we've got an indoor event coming up uh middle of january and I wanted to have something to fly for that. I've had all the stuff, the servos, the motor, everything for, like I said, a year or more. <laughs> and uh, I finally <laughs> got around to putting it together. But um, I think so that's, that's the story on. with a lot of JTA planes, unfortunately. <laughs> I had mine for like a year before I finally put it together. I, I'm not going lie. Going on over a year, I think. So it was, it was a lot worse looking at it from the outside than it was once I started getting into it. The flat carbon pieces go in pretty easily once you know where they go and uh, look at it. Jace has put out some videos that help with some of that, and he put out a new, uh, a newer updated manual um, here not too long ago, and that helps some with the newer pictures and that kind of thing. Um, I think the manual could use some 
uh, there's some direction that's really not there, but uh, there's enough pictures of it online that, you know, you can kind of figure out uh, how it goes. But once you get into it, it's really not too bad. I started it, I started it yesterday and, uh, you know, most of it, yeah, most of it was medium CA and some activator. Um, and that gets most of the flat carbon in, and then, uh, it's just foam tack for those small carbon bracing pieces. Those are actually, uh, very time consuming, uh, to get all that. Cause you've got measurements on everything and, and like, Every I don't know, there's like different nine different pieces. <laughs> yeah. There's nine different lengths or something of pieces and, and you've got to kind of sort through those and set them out and that kind of thing. So, um, <clears throat> I actually made the mistake of gluing the top fuse on before I started putting the bracing in, which I shouldn't have done. I got ahead of myself. Uh, so I've had to, rather than having a flat plane that I can just set it down and work on it, I've had to kind of put half of it on the table and I put just six S packs on the wingtips and the elevators (laughs) to hold it on the table flat while I put all the, all the bracing in it. Luckily, you know, there's no pressure or anything, so it's not any big deal, but, uh, it, uh, definitely wouldn't have, would have been easier if I hadn't, uh, skipped that. But, um, but otherwise, so, I mean, it's going. So another one, uh, installing the aileron servo and maybe a couple others, uh, would have been a lot easier to yep. do before you put the top part of the fuse on. Yep. I learned that after the fact, just like you did. <laughs> yep. 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 I noticed that too, after while I'm sitting here doing this bracing and stuff and putting it in because just getting it through the bracing is a little bit of a trick, but, uh, I think, um, had I done that, you know, along the way rather than after the fact, it would have been easier. So, but, so you know, the next question is I've seen this more than once is why I'm going to ask you, did you build it upside down? So, <laughs> It's funny you say that. It's super easy to build upside down. Because there's only one piece that's upside down. And it's the very front of the center section of the fuse. uh, Or the the front piece, but the center, you know, flat area. Uh, So I guess the cowl, I guess you would call it. Um, It is actually upside down. I saw that today and I was like. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I was so, so close. <laughs> I was uh, I was down at Don Hockle's house this past weekend, and he had a Twisted Hobby's Edge, which ended up flying incredibly well. We were out flying in the cul-de-sac right there by his house. Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, that was the first thing Mo pointed out was like, why did you build that upside down? <laughs> he's like, he's like, I didn't. I so and so put that together, and they built it upside down. <laughs> and then uh, Bob Sawyer come over later, and that was the first thing he's like, Why'd you build that upside down? Well, with this one, it, if you didn't know, it would be hard. It, it'd be so, hard to tell. Um, there's yeah. some white uh, gap uh, pieces between the red and the black that's in that front piece that if you don't know how it's supposed to go, you know, you wouldn't notice, but, uh, so it's, it's hard to see. Um, I see it now <laughs> that I went back and looked cause I, I was flipping through the pictures and I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't look right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I was putting that bracing on and I'm like, well, my dots aren't on this piece and it's because I have it upside down. So, yep. uh, not a big deal, but yeah, it, <laughs> 
there is that one section but uh, luckily the rest of the colors kind of blend together i don't know if he did that on purpose <laughs> in case you flip one of them upside down the wrong way but uh yep. the rest of it's all gone together well you wouldn't good, be so. the first and right. likely not the last so. <laughs> <laughs> i was a little bit um, surprised i figured there would be a flat carbon piece that went into a slot in the rudder um uh, to stiffen it a little bit but there's not so um i was a little bit surprised by that but uh, uh, apparently you don't need it so i think mine the control horn did that yeah the control horn runs front to back but like yeah. i was thinking there would be one uh vertical you know tip yeah to each end top to bottom to maybe just at an angle in there but uh there's not so uh I guess it flies fine the way it is, but I've got a little bit of a tweak in my in my rudder. It's got kind of a bow to it um, that I'm going to have to set it down and flatten it out. But like I said, the rest of it's all going together pretty good. So I can't wait to get it going. I'm hoping Saturday, like I said, to have electronics in it and uh, get to test it out and play with that new radio a little bit more. So something that I have found with those, uh, if you already noticed in my shop, they're all hanging up from the ceiling mm-hmm. from one of the rafters. Mm-hmm. That's why, because if they yep. sit, it's real easy to get wonky little bins and stuff in them. Yeah, uh, I think it just got. Uh, I probably stacked it back into the box uh, wonky, wrong yeah. one time, or put a piece underneath the fuse that has the rudder already attached to it, and that's probably what uh, caused that. So, yeah. uh, might just have to trim it out, but. But yeah, it'll get hung from the prop once it's done for sure. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's really about it. That's all I've been doing. Um, besides trying to stay warm the last two days, <laughs> especially well, today. Just, Holy crap. I'm certainly excited to, to get to try out your radio as well. I've got to fly bills whenever you guys came up the other day on that 60 inch, uh, extreme flight laser, mm-hmm. which was, uh, a bad move on my part because holy shit that thing flew good <laughs> i really liked that airplane a lot yeah um yeah it flies really well yeah i haven't flown a 60 much in a, a while now having the raven but man i liked that extreme light laser what, a lot what i will tell you is like if you put it on a put that radio on a helicopter make note that your pitch travel you've got more travel in that stick So if you're doing autos, like make (laughs) sure you actually go positive before it hits the ground. Yeah, Mark. Not to name any names, Mark. But (laughs) it was a pretty impressive thud, and I kept waiting for it to slow down, and it never, dude, it never even slowed down before it hit the ground. (laughs) Wow. Well, I noticed the the throttle travel was the only one that I really noticed. The right stick, I didn't really notice it. Like I know you mentioned that, and. I only flew for what four minutes, so I didn't get a lot of time to really play with it and learn it. But um, when I went to land that plane, I had to. I, I was like, "Man, this thing's not slowing down." Well, it's because I was at like half throttle, right? To- because it felt like I was lower in the throttle than I actually was. So right. it would take a little bit of getting used to on that. But uh, overall, I really I liked the. He has the X18S as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he has an S. Um, Mark has an S and I haven't, I got an SE just to get something different. It <laughs> Actually, it bought me some time because I needed to save some money <laughs> and they weren't in stock anywhere. So I was waiting on Aloft to get them and uh, 
the only difference is I think it's got a little bit more memory in it, but the screen is the primary difference. It's just a little bit broader and it's got a matte finish to it. So uh, other than that, it's the exact same radio. The S has those uh, CNC gimbals or, or uh, sticks. And so uh, they all have Hall Effect sensors in them and that kind of stuff. So uh, they're super smooth. Uh, it's, an, it's a nice radio. It's hard to beat. Um, yeah. And the well, money has got the... Okay. What candy red finish compared yeah. to theirs is black and blue. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mark got the black one. I think Bill's got a blue one. And then, yeah, I've, yeah. I've got the red one now. And the red, I was kind of wondering about it when I first ordered it, but uh, it looks a lot better in person, I think, okay. uh, to me. Um, I, I like it. I really like it. So I'm hoping, like I said, I got to get familiar with it because it's a lot different. I mean, it's like some handing somebody my 18SZ that's been flying Spectrum all their life and you know, having to learn it. So, well, yeah, that's something work. else I want to try out. I don't want to, I just like to check it out because all I've been hearing is nothing but good things about it. And so I'm anxious to, to get to play with one a little bit more. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, for sure, man, I'll get that. Like I said, I'll get that indoor and that 60 inch on it. Uh, I think those would be the first two. And then uh, definitely like when we get down there, uh, San Antonio in January. Wow, the crap out of it. Yeah. And speaking of helis, though, you mentioned uh, the interoperability with the icon, but um, I've got this CGY 760 for you to, to help play with. So don't, I don't want to work with that thing because <laughs> then I'm going to have to buy one. <laughs> well, damn it. And this podcast doesn't pay good enough for me to do that. Um, you're telling me. <laughs> well, I don't really think you get a choice. I mean, Matt, you're helping me with this. So. <laughs> yes, sir. No, I, I, I really, actually, I actually, I do want to work with that thing um, and see how we can get it going because um, I haven't set one of them up yet. Yeah, and I got the, uh, I think it's called the GBP or something like that. It's the, the programmer. The program since, box. Yeah. Yeah, since we don't have the. 32MZ, like a couple of those guys over there at the Magician Podcast. Siegfried and Roy Podcast, yeah. I was going to say, I know a couple of those jackasses have 760s but uh, and 32MZs. There's two of them that have them over there because Kenny's got one one too. Yeah, I was going to say, one guy, he's actually a really stand-up nice guy, you know, Kenny Sierra. You know, that other Mike Westbrook, though, I don't know about that guy. He's the only one that's not a shithead on that whole damn podcast. <laughs> Who, Kenny? Yeah. Yeah. He's the, only, he's the only respectable guy on the whole damn thing, man. Good Kenny makes it Kenny. worth listening. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, you can't be skipping, can't be skipping episodes, man. Like, you can't listen otherwise. <laughs> you had to listen to those other guys. Well, he's the one that flies the most from what I gather. Probably. Carrie flies a lot too, though. Yeah, about it. I think Kenny's every weekend kind of guy if he can get away with it. Yeah, then I, I think Carrie flies pretty regularly, and then Terry, Terry music, he's all right too. He's catching. Mainly, up. we're just gonna pick on Mark Westbrook or Mike Westbrook, sorry, <laughs> and uh, and old Dick Spiegel. Them two are the shits. Oh, Siegfried and Roy, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. Roy's the one that got eight, and he's the shorter one, so that's uh, definitely. Spiegel. Spiegel. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. 
So yeah, I had to go look Mike's, it up. Mike's but, not short. Yeah, no, <laughs> not even a little bit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. man, those guys. God almighty. I and actually then, was talking to them about. Uh, so I've got to go down to uh, San Antonio the week before the indoor event for work. So I'm actually thinking about loading up uh, my Oxy Five and maybe a couple other things yeah. in there as well, and going out and trying to go fly with Mike the weekend yeah. before. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. So that would be good. Yeah, I'd like to get down there and fly. I need to get down there and fly again. Well, I've only been down to the Austin area one time. Met up with them to fly helis one weekend, and uh, but yeah, I need to get back down there. But uh, apparently, he's a member of a really nice club that's got a big concrete runway and I think they got electricity out there and all that stuff too. So that would be a one I'd like to go check out. Say, so I think the one I went to was Georgetown. I want to say had a Petromat, uh, runway. It was nice. It was a nice setup, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, those guys, man, dude, I tried to call in. I tried, I was driving home. I couldn't, I couldn't get it to connect. He sent me a link. I got it to go. And then uh, there's like a 16 digit code to get into the damn zoom meeting. And I just, I couldn't make it work driving on the highway. So yeah, I, I gave copied up. and pasted it. Yeah. I, I was driving back from San Antonio whenever I called into it. And, uh, yeah, it was a good time. Briefly. Oh. They kicked oh, me off a, pretty quick. I was at a dance recital. So. They wouldn't have uh, appreciated me calling in while I was sitting in the theater, so or in the auditorium. Right, but uh, like they, they kicked you out pretty quick, did they? Oh yeah, they didn't like our Randy Marsh being on their podcast. <laughs> well, so I had to come up with the pseudonym because I was like, they're not going to let me in there. Maybe if they see a Randy Marsh, they'll be like, oh okay. That's funny. And then they didn't even know who Randy Marsh was. I'm like, Jesus Christ! I bet I get this podcast out before they get that one done. Oh yeah, and that was last weekend, like last <laughs> last Sunday. Yeah, it was Sunday. Um, yep. But anyway, that's all good. So back to busting balls. Tanner <laughs> Curtis can't order a burger for shit. He orders Dude, burgers like a five year old. Did you see that yep. picture he posted? It was horrible, man. Like who the uh, hell no orders kidding. a burger like that? It's like no wonder you don't like what a burger if you order meat and cheese only. You fucking I, child. That's, that's ridiculous. I have never got one that looks like that, ever. Never. No, never. <laughs> but I mean, I'll be honest. I don't usually get burgers. I get patty melts when I go to Whataburger. Yeah, I've eaten patty a lot of burgers choice. from there. Yeah, man. That uh, oh, the one with the chilies on it. I forget what they call it. But the yeah. I, I like the hot ones. The the spicy ones. Yeah. yeah. And they've had several of those over the years. Yeah, I don't remember what the last one was. It was a chili. Had the hatch like a, chilies on it? Oh, the last one I had was like uh, they had some chili cheese fries thing that they released, but they released a, like a chili cheese burger too. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was really good. Really yeah. good. Um, it had the Whataburger onions on it though, so you had to be a little careful with that. But because uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, I don't know where the hell they get their onions from, but dude, it will stink up your car, your house, your whole life <laughs> for a couple of days uh, if well, you get them damn onions. That's crazy. But, uh, it was really and, good. And see, that's what I love about the patty melt is it has the grilled onions on it. Yeah. And then whatever that 
sauces that they put on there. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah, in and out in and out can't touch that. No. Even with that dog vomit shit that Tanner gets on his fries, it just ain't the same. That thousand that, island dressing looking stuff, whatever it is. How could he eat that? But did he go order a burger with just eating bread for water burger? What he, he says that he told the guy to give him the in and out, you know, like what give me the one that's gonna make me not like in and out, you know, or whatever. He's like, <laughs> This is what the guy gave me. I'm like uh I'm he's probably like fuck this, this guy <laughs> he grabbed a patty that's been in the warmer for the last eight <laughs> hours and threw it on a stale oh. bun that's been laying out and dude it don't matter who makes it if there's no like mustard or mayo or nothing on it it's not gonna be good no no so I just somebody needs to educate that boy right <laughs> You yep. got to get that super secret menu thing going on. To you got to order shit that ain't on the menu in order to get a good burger at his place. And here you can go. I just need a number one with cheese, please. <laughs> well, he was like, "It was a super right. secret menu that everybody knows about." It's like I didn't the first time I went to In and Out. I didn't. Why don't they just put the it on the menu then? Menu. Right. right. <laughs> Make it an offering. I, like I don't understand why they don't just put it on the damn menu. Oh, maybe because it's In and Out and they suck. So yeah. Well, I'll concede that neither Whataburger or In-N-Out are the greatest thing ever. But mm. my first experience with In-N-Out was it didn't live up to the hype. So there's that. No, well, Tanner's Water, Whataburger at least lived up to my expectations. You know, what? it's like okay, it's going to be a burger place, whatever. And it's like okay, it's a burger place. In-N-Out, all I'd heard about was how great it was. I went there, yep. it's like, nah. yep, no, nah. no. Nah. I tried it at least twice. I was underwhelmed well, every time. He apparently ordered that same burger like six different times in six different restaurants, and he's surprised that it was sucked all six times. <laughs> I'm like, dude, De- definition of insanity. Like, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Let's keep ordering the same shit, expecting something else. I don't know. So anyway. that's like a smash burger. Wasn't mm-hmm. impressed. Yeah. We had one of them here for a while. It is now gone. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't impressed, but then like five guys pretty damn good i like five uh, guys yeah man garage burger hard to beat you know so we need to go out to that uh oh the sad fest show up in some water burger sweaters or pjs you know they're offering for christmas <laughs> oh yeah walking around funny. in those that'd be great yeah It'd be great <laughs> so i i like five guys burgers one of the things i really like is that all the toppings are free Mm-hmm. Uh, you can order it with onions uh I eat everything except for like bacon is it, free but you know he'd probably go in there and order just a bun and beat too right <laughs> but be pissed five guys it would actually still be good <laughs> <laughs> five guys has got their burgers are greasy enough it would still be good so uh, y'all ever <laughs> eat it uh what was the name of that place twisted twisted root it's in dallas that's good. That's a really good burger place. What's the one that's in Wichita Falls and then Lawton has one? It's over there by Jason's Deli, if I remember right, in Wichita Falls. Mm. It's a burger place. Kind of like an old diner type place. You got me. I don't know. I don't know of one over there by um, by Jason's. 
There was a Hef's Burgers for a while. Hef's. That's yeah, it. it's closed. It shut down here too. Um, something happened. Uh, I didn't ever even get to eat there, unfortunately. Um, it. Uh, they had something happen financially that they they couldn't recover from for the one here. Huh. The guys that own the one here. That sucks. I enjoyed With, uh, it. Yeah, I heard it was really good, but I never got to eat there. Yeah, I got a gift certificate for Hef's at one of the Wichita Falls flying events. Yeah. And I cashed it in one time that I was down there. And yeah, it was good. Yeah, like I heard Hef's. that a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't get to go down there when COVID hit. Uh, something, I, I don't remember the whole story, but I know they shut down when all that was going on. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, this but, was pre COVID. So it's it's been a while back since I went there. Yeah. Uh, there's one in Lawton. I don't know if it's still open or not. No. Tanner just ordered a burger and a bun and <laughs> try to figure out why it wasn't worth a damn. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> so y'all ever notice like when you go to a restaurant, like a Mexican restaurants are kind of this is common. Like they'll have like all the really good Mexican food and then they'll have like chicken tenders or yep. like a the, burger or something. The pain like in the that. ass part of the menu. <laughs> Yeah, the little and asshole. The little asshole. That's what it was. I couldn't remember what you called it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I thought my brother was the only one that would go to a Chinese restaurant and order chicken fried steak. We're at the best Mexican restaurant in town. I'll have a cheeseburger. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Well, well let's, uh, let's talk about this new yak from Skywing. Man, they got a lot of new. They got a couple new things coming out that are looking pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, that yak looks cool. Um, who was flying one of those? Kevin Garland mm. had one of them. Well, Chris Barton was posting about it. Uh, I don't know if Kevin's got one yet or not, but uh, maybe he was flying a flex. My bad. Yeah, Mike Sterling has one. I hadn't got to see it in person yet, but he's got it put together. Oh yeah, uh, he said the build was like super easy. Yeah. yeah, he did it in like two days. Yeah. Yeah, he said it's an easy like six-hour build if you just sit down and knock it out. Uh, no, I was hoping if the weather was decent, we I'd probably get to fly it this weekend, but it's just too cold. He's going to fly it next week, he said. It's right. supposed to be a little bit better. Uh, yeah, I like the color scheme. I'll be out of town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the color scheme, I was kind of bummed out when they said that it the prototype wasn't going to be a production scheme because I oh. like the prototype a lot. Yeah. But that, the uh, production scheme is nice too. So the red, blue and yellow one that Chris yeah. had. Yeah. yeah. That was a prototype and it looked really awesome. But then, uh, the production orange and, uh, blue, they both look really good. So I think it's going to be, uh, a cool airplane it's the first 60 inch yak in a little while that i can remember our first new one right of course it's got all the quick release and then this one's actually got the first uh, i think this is the first one from skywing that has the built-in like the aileron plugs you don't actually physically plug in the wire you slide the wing on and it's like a socket that you uh. just push the wing in so you yeah. see that little orange piece yeah right there? i see it right there yeah so there's a that's the female side of it the male side is on the wing right and you just push it in 
That's cool. Okay. So you don't actually have to plug and unplug an extension. You just yep. uh, plug that in. Yeah, I didn't realize they had integrated that. I knew I'd seen posts about it, um, but uh, I didn't realize they had integrated it already. That's yep. cool. Yeah. yeah, this is the first one to do that that I'm aware of. So I, know, that I, I love the idea. Short. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love the idea. I, I just worry about wing flex, possible wing flex causes a, a loose connection. But I mean, if they've tested it, yeah, whatever. But well, it's a cool idea. I like it. Quit doing crankshafts at 60 miles an hour. And <laughs> about that's that the wing. only way to do them, isn't it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have some energy that's for sure right. <laughs> uh, no I, I would speculate that this is going to be the test bed essentially i mean i'm sure they've done pretty extensive testing with their prototyping yeah but yeah with that all being said once a few of these get out in the wild and some people um so you've always heard you know you got alpha testing in-house and then you send it to your beta testing and then that tries to work out some of the bug, you know, that gets a lot of the bugs worked out, but then the ultimate test is, is everybody flying. Yeah. Right? When you release yep. it. Yep. 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 So we'll see how these do. I would speculate. And I, this is based solely on my speculation, but if these work well, you'll probably see some form of this in bigger airplanes later on. So we'll see. But, uh, no, this uh, is a pretty cool idea. We'll see how it turns out. And the plane looks super light just looking at these pictures here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it does. It ought to be a ripper. I mean, it, it ought to just be a powerhouse. He's running the AM600 on it, uh, the T-motor. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a 116 amp ESC. And 116 then, or 114. I can't remember. Can't yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And then uh, the T-motor prop. And I'm not sure what the prop is. 16.8, but I could be wrong. I, I think it's a 16.8. Yeah, uh, I bet you're close anyway. 16.7, 16.8 So what we all run yeah. on them anyway. And the T-Motor the AM600, the only one I've been around really that I know for sure was Johnny Falgoos, and he has it on a 60-inch uh, game bird, extreme flight game bird, and that thing is – it's a hoss. I mean, it gets after it. So it ought to be a, a powerhouse of an airplane with that combo on it. Right. So, yeah, I really, like I said, I really like that color scheme. I like the orange, man. That's coming around too. Uh, cause yeah. there's a couple of them. We'll, we'll talk about it here in a minute, but, uh, well, there's some other orange ones coming out, but yeah. Got- so think about this. You've got the ultimate, biplane from uh flex that just come about mm-hmm. 70 cc blue and orange uh the new yak from skywing blue, they have the blue and they have the orange separate schemes then you turn around you've got uh aj has got two new frame airframes coming and they're offered in blue and orange yep like blue and orange seems to be the popular colors for this year yeah. it's a uh, how do they talk about it in the fashion industry? It's this season's colors. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and that's, and I think that one from AJ is the same as an orange, silver, black, and white, if I remember right. Um, yep. But yeah, it's sharp too. But, uh, but yeah, Skywing's got some other stuff coming out too. They're, uh, are they started to release the plug and play? So or? if you'll look on, uh, see the, I think it's Super Tim's personal Facebook page. 
maybe on uh, Northwest RC, but they're in the prototype phase. Okay. So no, they're not a production model yet. Um, I'm going to see if I can pull it up here. Is it on his personal page? It's not on his business page. It may be on the Skywing page too, for that matter. I'm I'm scrolling through the Skywing page. Okay, I'll look up Jim's <laughs> real quick here. Um, There's a picture. Yep, Skywing page five days ago. Uh, yeah, that's here too. Yep. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Pro- prototype one. testing. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have the, the 48, 48 inch. inch. Yeah, plug and play. So, uh, so they're getting there. That dude. When they talked about the 60-inch being in a plug-and-play, I think that's going to be a game-changer when it comes out. Right. Um, I think that will catch on like crazy because that size of airframe is so popular. And, you know, just, I don't know. It's a good, it's a perfect size for yeah. a lot of people. Um, so yeah. I think that's going to be a big, a big, big deal. Um, I'm anxious to see what... Uh, what servos and stuff they pair it with. Um, I know you said something about the motor. It's going to be a Skywing? Sunny Sky. Or Sunny Sky, that's right. Yeah, uh, that was a few posts. That's been a little while ago. Uh, Skywing that's right. was posting pictures, talking about the new plug-and-play stuff. And I don't really remember them ever really sp- specifically talking about the motor ESC combo. But you would see it on the airplanes, like, well, that's a sunny sky, you know. Right. So. Yeah, maybe maybe they're going JR on the servos. I'll be curious to see how that goes. I, um, I'm gonna say probably something else. I don't really? know what. Yeah, just speculating for uh, price point. I mean, yeah, if they put something true. like JRs in it, price point's gonna be way up there. Um. So. It won't surprise me if they maybe do uh, a Skywing branded product. Okay. I, I'm basing cool. that solely on, like, I have zero information on that. That's just kind of what I think. Yeah. And oh. based on nothing else. So we'll see. Well, personally, I think that 60 inch size of that is going to be popular enough to make it worth them reaching out to somebody to have something branded like that personally. And, and that that's, from Servo King That's kind whoever. of what I'm thinking is yeah. like they'll have it'll be manufactured by someone else, but it'll be branded Skywing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just take for instance, like, and I don't have any information on this either, but uh, the Flex plug and play airplanes have Potenza servos in them, right? You've got uh, E Flight, you know, they have the the e-flight branded servos and now i think some of them are using spectrum branded servos exactly so yeah. that's kind of where i'm coming up with that is just seeing trends right so we'll see um and like i said i would imagine it's gonna be a price point thing too because huh. um, if you look at like the servos that come in comparable planes like the look at like the e-flight uh, 6s airplanes 4s 6s airplanes and like right. the servos that come with that you look at the flex uh, 60 size airplanes the servos that come in those they're generally a little bit more economic option right than say like a savox 1260 or 1250 or a jr or something like that 
Right. Um, I also wonder too, though, if they're going to offer them as plug and play or as ARF both. So basically like you could buy the plug and play for the guy that just wants it to work once quick and fast. Yeah. And then they have the ARF that's like, well, I've already got a power combo. I've already got servos or I don't really like the servos that they offer in the plug and play. I'm going to buy yeah. these Cybox 1260s. So I, I, that'll be the, I the bet next they thing will. is do they continue to offer both? I'm sure options? they would. I think they would be silly not to. Right. You know, just like the ARFs and the RFSVs that Flex offers, I think it'd be silly not to not to have that as an option, you know, especially if they can make um, the plug-and-play version of it, you know, cost-effective for somebody just getting in. And then uh, you have the ARF uh, for the people that, uh, I don't know, drove one into the ground and have all the parts and pieces of electronics put in it and uh, just need the airframe. You know, not to name any names again, Mark or anybody, but you know, he might have stuffed his AJ Slick here a while back. But anyway, right. oh. <laughs> so he's got all the stuff. He just needs oh. a new airframe. <laughs> but that poor guy, man. <laughs> he's had a rough couple of uh, months here, yeah, huh? Because, man, <laughs> now that I think about that, yeah, it has been. <laughs> Dude, that helicopter didn't even slow down. Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, but speaking of AJ, you know, they've got a few new schemes coming out in that Z230 and uh, in a 60 inch. Uh, that's going to be, those are sharp too. They, like you said, they had an orange and they have a blue. Uh, if I remember right, I'm going to look them up here real fast. Yeah, it's definitely orange and blue. Uh, the question is, is did they update anything else besides a scheme? Um, and the blue is matched with the green. So it's a blue, green, yeah, it's got that black and green. white. Yeah. The bottom of it is primarily uh, green Damn and it. blue. Yeah. Oh, there. Yeah. There's a bottom section of it that, uh, like I said, it's lime green and, and that navy blue um, definitely pops for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't Stand know, though. Up. I'm a big Lots fan of, of that orange, though. <laughs> Lots of contrast from top to bottom on both schemes too. Right. Like yes. No question about what side you're looking at. Yeah. Most <laughs> definitely. Most definitely. But like you said, you know, are there other things? I haven't seen a uh inside or internal picture uh without the canopy on it. Yeah. So I don't know if it's got a quick release option because their laser was out before quick release was a thing their z230 yeah has been about for a while uh just kind of if you look at one of the pictures of the blue and white scheme mm -hmm. you can see through the canopy and it looks like they got a little bit of kevlar um down on the, like the battery tray yeah, and yeah, that, it looks like maybe a servo tray i would speculate yeah. that that's a an update because i don't remember the kevlar being in the the old one right um I would imagine they've got some sort of uh, quick release just knowing how their uh, bigger laser has been. Well, and if you look at the picture of the orange one, the side force generators have the uh, AJ style quick release for the side force generators Yeah, where you loosen the nut, slide the uh, slide it forward. SFG forward, and then mm -hmm. it comes off. Yep, yep. 
Yeah, I would venture to bet it's got something. We just saw any pictures of it yet? Yeah, no, I'll keep a lookout, but this is all I know of right now. And I don't know of any kind of ETA or anything like that on uh, these new 60s. No, it all just says coming soon. So hopefully, I don't know. What do you think, spring? Yeah, probably. We're lucky. We're getting marked. We get a container of them in. If they've already prototyped them and everything, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. But, well, uh, and then they've got the the new 120 Z200. Mm-hmm. Uh, their last post said that it's on the water. So that makes me wonder, is there a possibility that uh, the 60 inches in that container? The 60s are with it, yeah. I mean, it's a possibility. I don't have any information on that. Right. Uh, it's a good assumption. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you're right. Hopefully they are coming with it. Uh, cause that'll be, that'll be a good one. Um, with it being a laser, I'll, uh, you know, Bill I'll just, I'll just wait for Bill to order one and then I'll get to see it. So, <laughs> and, and he's going to want the orange one. We already know that. <laughs> well, I don't know. He likes blue a lot too. It could go either way on that, but I'm going to lean towards he'll probably want the orange. Probably, probably. If I was guessing, I would say orange too. Yeah. But we'll see how it goes. Regardless, I think we'll get to see one as soon as they become available. We just got to put it in his ear. It's like the other laser. That's how we got to see the EF laser, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, <laughs> it works, I sold man. him my Skywing. He already had a, he already has a he bought AJ mine. 60 inch, don't he? Yeah, he bought my Skywing laser too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, I know he has the 70 cc AJ laser, but does he yeah. have a 60 inch one? Mm, no, not that I'm aware of. I couldn't remember. Um, and then he has the 70 cc AJ laser Z200. Yep. Uh, he had the 73 inch Z230. That was Mark's. Yes, has that too. Um. So yeah, and then the extreme flight sixty inch. So yeah, we just need to tell him like, hey, if you hadn't seen this already, uh, start saving up. Yep, <laughs> so, he's got to throw that bait out there, man. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get him. We'll get to see it. The only one I've really been around uh, was Terry Wiles, and dude, it was amazing. That thing it has Scorpion forty twenty on it with an Avian one hundred ESC, and it got with the program. That thing was oh. a beast. Yeah, the only AJ sixty I've seen was uh, Mark Slick, and man, it flew great. Um, there's only a couple sixty inch that I've flown that have been that stable, and I like I'm kind of partial to my NG, yeah. and it flies really good. But like Mark didn't put a an aura or anything in it, so I reached up, turned the aura off in mine, and we swapped transmitters, and both of us were like damn this thing flies good yeah <laughs> and so i was like i wouldn't uh turn down either one of them um they both flew really really well uh, so uh which i was happy to see um that they they're doing that good because uh, there's several other 60 inch that i've flown that that do not <laughs> uh yeah, they're squirrely. They're like <laughs> yeah they are just unstable or squirrely you know like i said a little yeah. squirrely or uh just I don't know. Don't settle in the way I'd like them to. So, uh, but yeah, so AJ's new 
new 230 and schemes i think that'll be that'll be good uh it'll be fun to to see one of them but like i said we just got to plant that seed and uh as soon as they get here i bet i bet we get to see one. <laughs> oh yeah yeah i'm but, sure that'll uh, be same thing with the uh the 100 cc uh or the 120 cc z200 uh, i don't imagine it'll take us too long before we've got one of those nearby us yeah so. I, I bet if uh somebody later have one built or uh you know somebody will own one here pretty within our group uh that we'll get to see and mess with but uh right but yeah you know speaking of all these scorpion released some more of their plug and play combo sets as far as the motor and speed control setups uh you know they released a, a bigger one um a while back and now they've released a set for the 67 to 70 inch size stuff as 20 to 25 cc type setup is what it is it's a 4225 uh motor and uh i believe it's got a tribunus 120 uh speed control on it so it's built for those 6s setups uh, that are in that in that size, like my seventy inch uh, slick at uh, Extreme Flight. That's, so that's interesting, actually, because your plane's not a success. Well, that's because it has a power system for something that is n- not a seventy inch. <laughs> yeah, but if you go look, <laughs> uh, the recommended setup for the seventy inch extra is a twelve S setup. Oh, uh, well. Yeah, well, it, that may get changed soon. So some things may be in the works on that. Um, there may or may not be a 78-inch version of that floating around here somewhere. Um, so uh, okay. we may have some swapping going on on between my 70-inch and a 78-inch and some different things happening there. So we'll have to see how it goes. But uh, I actually would be interested to fly – your 70 inch on 6s with the proper kv motor i wonder if the weight difference i don't know if it'll work right or not you, i'd like you to might that. you might get to find that out okay <laughs> it, it's just an interesting thing because the raven is a 69 inch mm-hmm. but it's so much lighter than yes. the 70 inch extra yes ridiculously light super yeah. light yeah and this scorpion combo sounds like it might be appropriate for a raven right uh 6s power system and uh and so on but uh what do like so skywing has that 67 inch ars is it a 6s or is it a 12s airplane typically no i don't know here i'm gonna look uh i'm gonna go to northwest rc well, looking at this Scorpion piece, like it's 3,100 watts of power on a 6S. It's a wow. lot. Yeah, it's all there. 3,100 because the Dual Sky, if I'm not mistaken, the reason I call it the Dual Sky 2000R is it's a 2,000 watt power system. Uh, we better look. We because will find uh, if it's 1,000 more watts on a, on a 6S, that's going to be... A lot. Yeah, a lot. Um, it's 2300. It's what they peak out at. Okay. On that. So, yeah. So, I don't, I haven't seen what prop and setup they have with it. Let's see if they, because I think they include the prop 
Um, let me look here real quick. I think it's just a Zor prop they put with it, but have you seen the 12S combo Scorpion and Sands for a 60cc to 76? Yes, that's the one we talked about last time a little bit. Gotcha. Um, okay, it's like a I don't remember what size it is, but that's a I'm big, slow. I'm just reading it, but it's yeah. like you know, over 5,000 watts or something. It's ridiculous. 6,000 plus watts. Yeah. Is what I, it says right here. So I knew it was a lot. So, um, yeah, but see, look at the prop recommendations for this new one from Scorpion. It's a, it's a 4225, 500 KV, but it'll spin anywhere from a 1610 to an 1810 or 198, uh, prop. Um, so that's, that's just crazy, man. That just keeps adding to my mystery here because <laughs> I'm running an 1810 carbon fiber, and it does specifically say if you look on here, 1810 carbon fiber on the uh scorpion right. page, and that's what I'm running on my dual sky. So, yeah, time to step it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'll be interested to see them. It'd be cool to see it run side by side and see if maybe the dual sky is underrated. Uh, you know, we've seen that from the sunny sky stuff. Uh, yeah. I can tell you my sunny sky is way underrated. Um, yeah, and if you look, it's it says 3D airplane 67 to 90 inch wingspan. Or sorry, 67 to 69. 69. Yeah. This is on the dual sky infrared. Right? Um, so these look like they're right in the same category, but the Scorpion is calling for 700 bore watts, essentially. Yep. Yep. Seven uh, about eight hundred, yeah. And Man. I don't know what size this motor is. What is it? Uh, there it has a really big uh, diameter. Yeah, it's uh, a sixty-nine by sixty-two is what it says down there. Uh, yep, there it is. I don't know. Well, if that's, that's uh, sixty-two is from here to here. I don't think that's exactly what they're no. looking at. It's I don't. They may not dimension it out the same way, but um, but yeah, I'll be curious to see. No, KV rating's really close. Uh, 480 versus 500. So, so. Something that I get a kick out of is they actually put the horsepower rating on there too. Yeah. On dual skies? Yeah. Or is it uh, 3.2? Yeah. Yeah. So here's something. Look at the, let's look at the static thrust numbers and see if it's got any kind of stuff on there or just what they have for thrust figures. There's an eighteen ten. Is there any uh thrust right here? And that's in grams. That gram gram yeah. watts. Yeah. Is that what that says? Yeah. Man, I think the scorpion is in pounds. Oh wait, there's oh so it does have there's spec thrust and thrust. I was looking at spec. yeah, it's thrust. Yeah, it's thrust in the second. So it's in, but it's in grams. Okay. Uh, what's the scorpion in? So 1810, uh, 8.61 kilograms. Holy cow. That's so 1810 prop at 132 amps and 8,500 RPMs. Holy yeah, cow. where they're spinning, they topped out at 81.14. Yeah. And still 8.3. 8. 8.3. 8.36. 8.37. How many watts? Uh, hold on. Which one? Scorpion, Scorpion. Uh, 3,000 or something, wasn't it? On wattage? Yeah. Yeah, 3,100. 3,100. Sorry. But it's 8.6. So you got uh, 
So that's 8,600 grams. Yeah. So 300 more grams. That's pretty I, substantial, actually. I was going to say, uh, you know, real life performance as to whether there's that much difference in them. Uh, just given, I don't know. We'll so if they're see. what? If their watt calculation is correct, 3,100 watts is equivalent to uh, 4.15 horsepower. Yeah. Well, and see, they've got this G2000 only pulling 103 amps. Where they're where, like 132. Yeah, it's like 132. Yeah, exactly. So, so just we'll uh, I did the math. That's uh, the difference there would be a would equate to 10.6 ounces of thrust more from the yeah. scorpion if these numbers are right that is insane to me it's a lot that's a lot yeah from a motor for, the, for this size category airplane what's you know? the yeah. weight look at this 350 grams what's the weight difference in this uh that i don't have a clue hang on you're going to keep going up i think yeah i'm in here um 345 it's a third figure down yeah 345 to 350 so they're the so, same weight pretty much five grams wow yeah not much wow so well kyle had mentioned that they had a lot of new stuff coming and uh and i guess kyle done a lot of experimenting and testing and trying to figure out efficiency numbers he had a video out uh not too long ago yeah 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 Yeah, he had a video out not too long ago and was kind of talking about some of the stuff they were working on so the only thing wrong with this being a scorpion is they are proud of them. Holy oh, yeah. God, they are not cheap. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. see. Is there a price on that? Dude, if it's less than 500 bucks, I'll be shocked. <laughs> right there, 479. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm actually shocked. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some extra stuff here. Hold on, what's with it? It's got uh, Tribunus. Looks like a little battery or something. Yeah, that's it. what I was looking at. Is that a backup with it? Um, is it going to tell me anything? No. Hey, here's the rest of those thrust numbers, though. I think he was uh, testing this on a Skywing. I could be wrong, but I think I saw something where Kyle was doing some testing on it. Well, that's a Skywing in the pictures, for that matter. Right? Yeah, it sure is. Um, What else is coming with it? What is this? Uh, click on that third picture and see. I think it's more zoomed in. It's got a oh, backup guard. That's what it is. Okay. What's that? So this is just like a battery backup for the it, BEC. It is exactly. If you lose the speed control completely, it's like a. I think it's got a small lithium battery in it mm. um, that charges off of the BEC, and then uh, if you lose the speed control, you still have some kind of control gives um, you a little bit of time to it's like the capacitor banks same kind of thing yeah 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 it gives you enough to get it to the ground um which uh, they're not overly expensive but i don't remember what that uh oh that speed control is 250 bucks and you got yeah that's about right 479 yeah so but that may be a game changer as far as power in that category because the well i don't know you got sunny sky there's that's the problem today is there's so many good options between dual sky sunny sky t motor scorpion and i'm sure i'm mm -hmm. missing a few others there's just so many good options right now 
It's a good problem to have though. <laughs> yeah. It is for us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. it'll make it price competitive too, because sunny skies price so so reasonably. Mm-hmm. It makes it hard to turn away from them, but uh but yeah, I bet that's well, it's gonna be a hell of a combo when it comes out. I'll be curious to see it side by side with one of these GA two thousands. We're gonna have to may have to work on something like that. Somebody else is gonna have to buy a Raven, put a Scorpion we power system one. on it. I got one. I'll go steal it. He's not home. I think I have the code to his house. So Yeah, and he I'll go get it. Did he put a fifteen hundred on his? Yes. I think he put a dual sky fifteen hundred yes. on it. Yes, he did. So he needs a power upgrade. See? To a Scorpion. Good. <laughs> scorpion, scorpion 45 20 or 42 25 and i have a tribunus 120 extra sitting and then uh or i can pull one if i need to and so we just got to get the motor so yeah yep, perfect so what's the motor costing on? and <laughs> i think so it was a while back all these pictures they're using zores and i think on that last chart that you found, it mentioned what specific prop they were using, uh, which I think it was a Zor. Uh, I would be curious to see how it performs with like a carbon fiber Falcon. Right. Um, there it is. They did it with a, they did it with a Falcon and the, okay. what's that? This is the 1810 carbon. Uh, I bet yeah. this is the carbon fiber electric right here. Yeah, it is carbon. Yeah. That's the one I've got. Then, uh, they had there was a picture out there that Kyle had put up that had one of their props on it. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking that was like a sixty-inch power system, wasn't it? Yeah, it had the gold prop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a sixty-inch setup um, that was announced, but or it was a smaller one. It was a smaller one, the thirty seventeen or whatever it is for the forty-eights or thirty. Yep, something maybe inch. that was it. Yep, that could have been it. I, oh, I guess you could that. just click new and see, huh? Uh, that's my try. There it is. Yeah, the thirty seventeens. So that's for the smaller. Uh, they have a six S and a four S option. It looked like. Right. Let's see. Thirteen six metallic gold prop. That's going to be like a forty eight inch size airplane. Right. So it looks like. Yeah, actually, it's what it says right there in that last paragraph. Uh, success powered 48 inch aerobatic airplanes. Yep. So you had a 6S and a 4S. Yep. Both using, looks like they're 80 amp speed controls. 13.6 electric gold prop. Yep. Yeah. That's I'm assuming it's probably just wood, though. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's painted wood. Proud of that, dude. Go. 19 bucks for her 13.6. <laughs> Hey man, you got that gold paint's expensive. Yeah, I like Scorpion though. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes some good ships for sure. Yeah, I've got a bunch of it, and that's the only speed control I think I'm running right now. I've got a, still got a pretty big mixture of things. But yeah, uh, still got some cool stuff got? coming. But uh, yeah. uh. Let's see. You want to go through this stuff before we go through the big one? Yeah, let's uh let's save it for last, and <laughs> okay. then let's not get deep into that one. Okay. Yeah. But we need to mention it for sure. So we'll uh, 
We'll hold it off here and put it towards the end. And actually the next one on the list here, I don't know a lot about it. I just saw it pop up on Facebook and uh, seeing how the goose guy was a man. They were advertising the crap out of the the little legend S2. Yeah. And uh, that was everywhere. Yeah. And the guys that have them, I've heard nothing but great things about them. They're like, oh, it's guys are saying that they like the S2 over the M2, OMP M2, and better than the Logo 200 even. Yep. So so now Q-Sky has their Legend RS4. Yeah, which is a 400 class. Mm -hmm. Um, It looks direct drive like the, uh, the S2. Is that common in that size category? Not really. It is coming up now. Um, you got the raw 420 that's direct drive like that. Oh, and yeah, so that's right. Now we have uh, this one um, built on pretty much the same kind of concept. It's a little smaller, a little smaller airframe, but uh, you know, and you can you can get it in a in a uh, basically a plug and play type configuration if i recall i think you can get it with servos and everything else uh ready to go so are we sure we're pronouncing the name right so we called it gooski for a while and then i listened to the uh uh, what you call it spiegel and the siegfried roy podcast yeah and they call it the goose guy so well that's what i've heard it on a lot of other ones too is the goose guy um with uh i want to say free fall and uh heli heads have both mentioned it like that so uh, i was just curious but yeah Yeah, i thought the same thing this one um unlike the s2 so you got a belt drive tail on it um direct drive head uh, I want to say they're coming with like KST servos. Kind of just like them in the pictures. It's a DS kind of does. Yeah. Metal Gear. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. It's kind of funny that it's coming out not long after the Raw 420. And to me, it kind of, kind of favors it looks wise to an it, extent. It resembles it for sure as far as the way that uh, canopy is, but uh, I don't know. I haven't dug into like the electronics part of it, if they're set up the same way that the S2 was doing and how that's done, but uh, but yeah. I didn't realize Heli Direct was selling Free Sky until just now. Yep. Yep. And the SE that I just got there now. But yeah, um, you know, speaking of the raw 420, they released a white and orange uh, version of that thing that is really cool looking. The shirts. one on the bottom left, actually, mm-hmm. that you just yeah. yeah. I was about to say, looking at the two of them side by side, they actually do look a lot alike. They do. The raw is a little more. I don't know. It's got this bottom frame in it, and it's a little more uh, a little open. More open. Mm. Yeah, a little more open through the through the chassis but uh and i i have no doubt that the the frame sides and everything look uh considerably different just looking at them side by side but uh so i don't want to i don't want to compare them too much but um this orange and white scheme this looks, looks sharp good. too you know here it we are good again we're back to the orange and white like it's just <laughs> kind of become the thing you know yep. and this this motor that came with that look 
Look how many poles that thing's got. I think it's like 58 pole or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that's a lot of winding. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. I bet that's a smooth motor, though. I bet it uh, is. Probably. I bet it is. Yeah. I, I didn't look at what the what the goose guy came with. With um, the by, com- by comparison, yeah. But I bet it's smooth. Um, <laughs> I don't see any data on the goose guy yet. Um December yeah. 2022 is what they're saying. So hopefully here before too long, they have look it if that, they don't. Uh, look at that picture. To Look at those next two. You can kind of get an idea maybe from those. I bet it's going to be a, a high pole count. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure just based on this right here, I bet it's really yep. similar. Yeah. But, you know, just looking at the frame sides and stuff all look considerably different i think it's just the canopy design that's out in the market right now that makes it look like that Mm -hmm. i I see what you're saying yeah but that's uh, interesting but yeah i mean price points close a little higher than the raw yeah well this is the combo though so the raw is just the airframe for 110 dollars less or whatever it is so yeah, uh, we just gotta go buy servos and all that then. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and I this think... comes with a motor and ESC and everything. I don't know if the right. does the raw come with anything? It comes with the motor. Okay. It'll have the motor with it. Um you know, with the with the goose guy, you can outfit it however you want. And you may be able to do it with the same thing on I'm just looking at Heli Direct. Um, you may be able to put a package together too for it. Um I would be guessing, but um, I think the the goose guy comes with the servos. Uh, yeah, even the kit form comes with the servos and the motor. So that's going to be the difference, you know. But I would venture to bet that the quality of the SAB kit is going to be uh, probably not. Better. I would venture to bet it's not in day different, but uh, just in the build quality um, of all of it and putting it together um i could be wrong but uh you know the people that have had the s2 like they swear by it so mm-hmm. we'll see this is a little smaller than the 420 you know it's gonna hit its own place but i think it runs off a of 6s 1800 yeah it looks like it comes with a battery too on that kit version yeah i saw that yeah. yep. so i don't know for the for the money it's gonna be good yeah it comes with a 6s 1800 it says a uh, 6s hv so i wonder if that means uh is that the uh is there are certain lipos out there what do they call them yeah uh, it's like lihv yeah yeah that are running a little like 4.35 i think yeah something like that i haven't ever looked into it to be honest with you i'm yeah. dangerous enough with you know what i've got so right <laughs> or 4.2 is enough <laughs> right <laughs> but uh but yeah i may be running a different battery with it um uh, but anyway yeah it's going to be a cool option for sure uh cost effective just like this too i mean it's going to hit a, a good price point yeah good price point so we'll see but oh, uh, actually uh jason found the next one didn't you uh yeah which, well, depending on which one. No. The, yeah. One of, one of them one. I found and one of them you found. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, Somebody sent the, who sent the link about the, uh, the Aeropanda one was for me. Okay. 
Yeah, I sent the link about the high saw. That's what you're talking about. Uh, no, I was thinking about the the Aerotech from Aeropanda. There was a, the article. I yeah, was thinking I, Jason had sent that to us, but I guess it's okay. Not. No, I sent it in there. But thanks for trying to give remember. him credit for my deal. It's all right. Hey, I was going to take it. I don't even remember, man. <laughs> I remember reading it, but I don't remember who found it. He was drunk in Puerto Rico at the time. He didn't know. <laughs> Possibly. What's your point? <laughs> I'm jealous. Like, it's all right. <laughs> um, but no. Uh, so Arrow Panda posted up. Uh, let me see if I still got it open here somewhere. What did I do with it? Um, they posted up a basically a Hassel alternative. Um, called Aerotech. Um, looks like the price point is uh, pretty good, and uh, it's going to be available. Where Hasol has gotten like the what is it a ninety four sixty and ninety four sixty two that we normally use. Yeah, uh, you know it's gotten hard to get a hold of. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it's gotten hard to get a hold of, and uh, Arrow Panda, uh, I believe, has uh, these in stock. Um, it's a it's they, called Aerotech. They did the other day. Yeah, and it's comparable to I think they compare it to the ninety four sixty two, which is just a color difference between sixty and sixty two. But right, uh, yep. you know the the one hour work time and um, full cure in twenty four hours. You know it's uh, pretty well uh, the same type of setup that you have with the hustles that we've been using, but it's available. So. Um, this comes in the 50 so, milliliter, uh, tubes, which is the same that the Hasol comes in. Uh, it is actually a touch cheaper than I've been able to get Hasol, um, at like $23 and change. So, so I have to order some just to try it. Yeah, I read right. that article that you sent out the other mm -hmm. day to mm -hmm. us. And based on that, it looked like Hasol kind of won, like it was the stronger overall, um, uh, but the figures, they were so close that right. I, the way I kind of interpreted it is Hassel was on paper, maybe a touch better. Right. But it was so close. It's like, this is easily a, a good alternative that's available. Which um, for our application, the original, you know, brand name Hassel is probably a tad overkill. Right. Honestly, exactly. Yes. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Yeah, for what we're using it for, we don't, you know, the numbers like the the failure points, the material we're using will fail long before absolutely the, the yeah, adhesive will. It'll never break where the adhesive is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like a weld; it's never going to break right there. It's going to break. It might break, but it ain't going to break right there again. It it was funny. So on the article, uh, with the is. exception of aluminum the uh substrate failed in every test <laughs> on both adhesives but if right. you look at the numbers in that chart right there yeah household for however like that's what doesn't make any sense like if the substrate failed how are they getting slightly better numbers out of the in <laughs> this one they call competitor you can look they have a piece of yellow tape over it it's, it's all right like, it's hustle except it's a tuba hustle yeah yeah that's um, all good i'm sure but, they have to do that but yeah yeah but i do find it interesting that if you read it it says the the aluminum was the only one the substrate didn't fail on but yet everyone i was like that you would think it'd be the exact same numbers but oh well true 
like I said, pretty close. Pretty, pretty close, close, man, for uh, it's for being available. Oh. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. Clay, you mentioned it earlier when we were talking before we uh, started recording, but uh, high saw or just the use of it is something that crosses almost all uh, genres of this hobby. Yeah. From scale guys to racers to uh, warbirds, 3D, um, jet guys, heli guys, and scale heli guys. There's a ton of us that use that stuff. Yeah. Or or could be used it in our models. So uh, it's a pretty uh, pretty important subject to us. <laughs> right, right. Right. Well, and you found another one that's really similar. Well, and what's funny is I actually knew about aeropoxy before I knew about high sol. However, that I mean, in my for me, uh, so aeropoxy I first heard about from Ty Keith back a few years ago, and I never ordered it because the only place to get it was from Bob Violet. And uh, whenever I went and looked, I was like, "Geez, that's high!" And then everybody was on the high salt train, so I just I was like, "All right, I'll just do high salt." You can get it in so many different places, you know. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, aeropoxy. I mean, at the end of the day, it's pretty comparable in price. Uh, that's a 75 milliliter tube. It's slightly more, but it's also <clears throat> 25 more milliliters. Yeah. Just looking at, at BVM Jets website. Yeah. They have the 75 milliliter. I think they had, I think they had a 50 milliliter version. Of they it, did. Man. Yeah. Where did it go? 75. And they actually offer three different flavors. Um, so they've got the Aeropoxy, which is uh, the slowest cure. Uh, I think the QT plus is like a fast cure, like a four or five minute. Right. Um, that is quick. Yeah. Very quick. And yeah, then that's... the Vpoxy, I think was uh, maybe somewhere in the middle. Here's 25% faster. So you're talking half hour. Um, it says half the or, time. So Well, ultimate cure. So instead of being 24 hour, it's 12 hour, probably complete cure. Time. Yeah. But uh so let me look there hmm. was a page so where you click the link to go to this buy page mm -hmm. there was one that really so i don't know if you could go back there was another page that kind of spelled it out a little bit better than it does on here well i wanted to mention on this one too you know you may be able to use your same gun that you use for high saw but this uses a two to one plunger so uh, you just have to swap the plunger basically in your gun and you should be able to uh, run this aeropoxy also. Uh, but let me see if I can get back. Uh, maybe go to home and see if it, there yeah, it there it is. So, uh, and that actually may be on the Vpoxy that requires the two to one plunger. Well, I think I thought they all had that. Oh, so something to note. Uh, so you know, before Mate. we got on the call, I was talking about the uh, the coating that I use at work. Some mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's called Denso seventy one twenty five and Denso seventy two hundred, and effectively seventy two hundred is just a normal standard temp. Uh, coating it's an epoxy coating and then 7125 is a cold weather and they have different uh 
ratios. So the plungers are different for each one. Okay. Right. And what I'm thinking is, is that maybe have a different, uh, so it's a different hardener to uh, resin ratio. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if this is kind of a similar thing is it's probably, it may be the same product or very similar, but they change the ratio on the hardener to where it reacts a little faster. Well, I, I don't know. I'm and it looks like you are right. The, I want to back up and correct myself because the Vpoxy plus is the only one that looks like it uses a two to one plunger. The Qpoxy and the Aeropoxy both use a one to one. So, um, yeah, it looks so you like you shouldn't have to change anything. Yeah. On anything, unless you run this Vpoxy plus, like I said, this Qpoxy sets in like four to five minutes. So I don't, that's really fast. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. Um, <laughs> if we look at the Aeropoxy here, it says, uh, uh, it's a tropic slow cure aerospace grade two-part epoxy system is the strongest and best gripping adhesive adhesive for all types of composite material bonding to other materials such as wood plastic and aluminum um, what's the tr- oh, up here at the top it says the Qpoxy traits it says almost as strong as aeropoxy allows for quick assembly and field repairs set time is four to five minutes um Scroll up just a little bit there, Matt. Let's see what it says. I noticed, you know, here it says, note, BVM's line of adhesives are not like tighter high saw products. <laughs> Built their own, did they? Yeah. Uh, V-poxy is slightly less thixotropic. Aeropoxy initial setup time is about three hours at 75 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's something that I noted to... I'm glad you pointed that out, Jason. Look at the Aerotech again, because it actually, its set time is, I think, two to three hours as well. And I think 9460 is one hour. Yeah, generally, I thought, I thought they're, uh, maybe it's, I don't know what they call it, gel time or set, work time yeah. is an hour. Yeah, um, work time. <laughs> so it looks like the Aeropoxy. And maybe the Aerotech have a, a higher work time then. Oh, Vpoxy is set. Vpoxy is an hour. Okay. So if you leave it in your shop at 115 degrees, it's going to set in about six minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you found out with the with the epoxy. <laughs> well, that's concrete poured in Texas in July. Right. <laughs> so that's the good thing about uh, using hot saw, though is you had that one hour window. So, mm-hmm. you know, and this, uh, aeropoxy having a three hour working time. I mean, even if it's a little bit warm, it ain't gonna, you're still gonna have yeah, plenty of working time. Yeah. You're still gonna have plenty, yeah. plenty of time. And then if it doesn't, uh, run, you know, and stuff the way that Hassel has its yeah. properties and it doesn't do that, then, uh, you know, what difference does it make? You're going to leave it overnight anyway. So the only it's thing that bugs me about this page is after going to that coding class in New Orleans <laughs> and talking oh. about all these different coatings and adhesives, it bugs me that they use Dixtotropic <laughs> incorrectly. I'm not going to get into why they're wrong. Just Google it, but they're wrong. Right. Clay, we discussed this before the call. Come on now. That's why I'm not getting uh. into it. Focus. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's funny though. 
I knew I knew I was trying to bait him a little bit, see how far he was gonna go with that. <laughs> well, what's funny is I found out that they were wrong because I had read this a long time ago and I'd read it about how I saw. And so this instructor was like, Has anybody ever heard of Thixotropic and know what that means? And I'm like, Oh yeah. And he was like, No, that's not it. And I was like, damn it. I would have been wrong <laughs> with you. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> uh can we go back to that Aerotech page? What do you want me to go somewhere else now? No, the panda. Panda. Uh, oh, this one. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Aero panda. Yeah. So look at the jails in three to four hours, cure in 24. Okay. Yep. Hey, look, they just put no drip. They didn't use that fancy word. Yep. I like how they, they actually says equivalent to 9462. Yeah. So. Hey, why not? <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Does that say cure time is three days? Where what? Who where? Right there. Yep, at twenty five degrees C. So what is that? That's like standard temp, I think. Yep. Like I want to say you're right. Uh, like C. I think probably around seventy five. Seventy seven degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Wow. Three, three days, days, almost eighty degrees. That might be a little. That's yeah, a that's much. a little excessive. I bet it don't take that long. I don't bet. And see, it only 55 minutes of working time at 25C. And then it takes three days to fully set. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't know that I buy that. Um, so it's a little bit. Well, go back up. Where did they get the, uh, the gel at uh, three to four if the working time is only 55 minutes? It, it, it's a little bit, uh, and then see there it says full cure in twenty four. So their information know. is a little contradictory. If you, I think you should order some and let us know. I, I'm going to order some, and it's going to work just fine. That's I was going to say assumption. It's going to any of these, like Jason said earlier, is probably way overkill for what we're doing. And you know, when you plow it into the ground, it doesn't matter what you glued it with. Um, so I, I just bet that it's probably never going to break at the glue joint anyway. So That's the key. when this, the sheer strength, I love this. You see this sheer strength is 150 to 3,500. It's, you know, just a, a small range there, yeah. um, depending on what you're doing with it. So. I don't I just, know what those units of measure are, but it's, know, more but that's than, a, it's more than what your plane will handle. Yeah. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to, the only time it's going to reach that kind of level is when it impacts, you know, the earth or an immovable object at full right. throttle. So, yeah. But anyway, so just some alternatives to Hassel that we cannot seem to get a hold of anymore. Well, Jason, where'd you, you said you heard something about so, that. Yes, that was a, uh, actually I was talking about it at work. So I saw 9460 and 9462 along with uh, several other compounds um, from the same manufacturer, which the parent company is 3M. Uh, we're, we were also having trouble getting a hold of these uh, in the full-scale aviation world. And recently I heard, uh, I believe it was from our sheet metal department, uh, one of the suppliers is expecting it to become uh easier to get a hold of here in the next few months. Um, what they said was that 3M actually had moved a lot of their, uh, what do you call it? A lot of their uh, 
production power towards COVID related supplies. And as that is starting to go away and wind down, they should be moving back to their normal production, which would be good for you know everybody that's trying to get a hold of this stuff. Yeah, that makes a little yeah, that makes sense. So it's funny you mentioned the full scale yeah. side of the use of it. Uh, you know, you mentioned this a minute ago. All segments of the RC hobby use Hassel pretty much. Yeah, and uh, the la- <laughs> I was over at Paul's Valley at. Uh, the uh, amp's shop over there uh, a few weeks ago and he had a, a big tub of high saw was it a tub or was so have you ever seen like it may have been the two big caulking tubes uh size ones like uh like window urethane comes in it's like two tubes okay okay you know what i'm talking about it's but it's a bigger yeah. cartridge than what we use mm-hmm. right anyway he had some high saw over there and i was like and I don't remember if it was uh, like the E20 or the six, you know, I don't remember which flavor it was exactly. Right. Um, but either way, I was like, that's worth a lot of money. He's like, dude, he's like, I paid like almost 200 bucks for that set. <laughs> okay. The, the tube on the bottom left, you see those over there? Uh, These? No. Uh, the yeah. Man, I'm trying to remember if it was that or look at the one, uh, the third from the right. Down there on the bottom, the ninety four sixty bottom row, third from the left. Sorry, I, I said it backwards. Yeah, right see, that's a, a big one. That's a yes. That is like an industrial size. Oh yeah, see, it's twenty eight hundred dollars. Yeah, it's for, fifty pounds. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good lord, I didn't even know they see, made it we, that big. We yeah. buy it in the in the tubes that it, we're, everybody's used to. And we also buy the uh, little tubs that you you see on there. Yep. Yeah. Where you just mix it by hand. <laughs> yep. So we buy both of those. For, it seems uh, like he may have had the pails, uh, but I had seen them in these other tubes. But either way, it was just funny to see it in a full sky, uh, full scale aviation oh, shop. Yeah. Well, and that's oh, yeah. you're that's using what the it same was. Stuff <laughs> yeah, they have the twenty pound mix kits, and they have those fifty pound pails. That's probably what it is. 2800 yeah. bucks screw that that, that big I'm cartridge out. that's uh that big cartridge maybe the 400 400 liter. yeah that's dude and 1200 well, well it's a case of 10 <laughs> of them so oh okay yeah. okay all right but that's the the big big tubes that use the uh it's like a specialized gun again but it's it's not plastic like the ones we're using it's like a big like imagine a caulking gun that has two plungers on it, essentially. Yeah. Still 120 bucks a piece. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Anyway, but if you think about it for 400 <laughs> milliliters, that's actually good because that's eight times the amount that we're getting for four times the amount of money. Dude, we would have to just like team up and buy that. And be and like, all right, everything. who's got the hot soul? And everybody just pass it what around. What we need is our buddy that works for the FAA to just like, whoa, no. <laughs> like, whoa. well, we use this to fix an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Here's all the extra. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, <laughs> don't Jeez. tell anybody that I'm the one that broke the airplane in the first place. But that's all right. yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, hey, look, you can get the 50 milliliter cartridges from this place, a case of 10 of them. That'd be $18 a piece. 
if they actually have them in stock. Confirm availability. Yeah, that figures. Limited supply. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, gluegun.com. You know. That would actually be a good thing for us, though, if we were going to. It would to split it all up, for sure. Yeah, save us a few bucks, yeah. Might have to look into that. Anyway. I would uh, speculate that they are not available. I don't know. We'll, we'll look later. Let's see. And then, uh, anyway, we'll move on. We're pushing two hours here. So, uh, yep. yeah. what else did you find? You you saw an article on something else that yeah, might be uh, finally gone. So, oh, this yeah. come about from the Balsa model builders. Let me see if I can find it again. Balsa Model Aircraft Builders Association group on Facebook. And it was originally shared by Vintage Hobby Shops. And it says, sad to hear Top Flight Monocoat has been discontinued. Um, so looking around, Matt did some Google searching. And I had heard it off and on. Um, so we're not really sure. We can't confirm 100% that it's been discontinued or that it was discontinued as of late. Uh, I mean, Matt, you found what articles are going back to like two, three years ago where. Yeah. I saw stuff speculated back to 2020. Yeah. That was talking about it not being anymore. And then one from last year that was saying they're going to use up all the material Mm -hmm. they had left to make it. uh, And then that was it. But it looks like maybe they've may run out of everything now. Finally. Yep, and it's finally going to start disappearing as uh, as things sell out. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. This is like the you know systems at work that they've been telling me of, those are going away for the last fifteen years, and we're still using them. Uh, so yeah. it may be one of those that uh, there's still some of it running <laughs> around for a long time, but uh, looks like they might have finally hit their supply end. I'm just going to look on uh, Tower Hobbies and see what. That's like the end of an era, man. I know, right? Curtis is going to be pissed. I bet he's buying all of it he can. (laughs) I'm going to keep. White is in stock. I'm going to keep that cub yellow that I have over here and I'm going to hold it for a ransom (laughs) when he needs it later on because he he got that 50cc edge from me and it's got cub yellow over the bottom of it. He'll need it at some point. Right. <laughs> that's, my, that's, my retire- that's my retirement plan right there. <laughs> so looking at it, it, they still have a, quite a bit of it in stock at Tower Hobbies. Don't know how long it'll last. Yeah. I think uh, Horizon, well, same thing. They showed to have quite a bit of it too when I looked earlier. Well, either way, I had heard, you know, a lot of builders prefer Monocoat over uh ultra coat, ultra coat yeah. they say it's uh it's considerably more durable uh it's not as easy to apply but it's considerably more durable re- retains its shine better uh, i think one of the other things mike has told me is like when you're doing like trim once monocoat sticks to monocoat it's there it's forever. Done. yeah they're like the he's like all this like trim peeling up on these arfs that we have problems with. He's like, that doesn't happen with monocoat. Um, and this come from Jason Don Hockle. And I'd heard Mike talk about it before too. He's like the older monocoat seemed to be better. Uh, and Jason's one that told me 
first, and I've heard this from other places since, that I guess the glue changed on Monocoat mm-hmm. somewhere along the way. Yeah. And that yeah, the old I think original right. Monocoat was even better than what they have today. But huh. I know Curtis used to use that trim solvent with it and stuff and to do trim work, you know, fine line detail work. And uh, I swore by it, you know, because like you said, once you stuck it together, that was it. Well, I've got two bottles of trim solvent and Mike Sterling is like, if you see any trim solvent at a swap meet, he's like, buy it because I yeah. want it. Yeah. I've, I, Curtis tells me the same thing. And I, I had a bottle of it. I think I ended up giving it to him. Um, just a small one, but uh, you can't find it anymore either. I don't remember what it was. Uh, yeah. Offhand, acetone based stuff or something. But, uh, but yeah, same thing. So I know monocoat you can do the uh, ammonia reaction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can spray like ammonia on the back of it and then just uh squeegee it onto covering maybe that's what it and, is then and you can activate it uh trim solvent i don't know really what trim solvent was yeah i don't even uh, chemically but uh i had heard about using and actually jeff dalton and uh, uh cam shardar from uh treeport was the first one I knew that had told me about the ammonia process. Uh, but anyway, like you cover the airplane, say like in just all white or whatever, right. and you're adding color on top of it, you can just spray that ammonia on there, squeegee it out. Well, that process works with monocoat, but it doesn't work with ultra coat. Nope. And to my knowledge, the only thing to do with ultra coat is low heat, really slow, really patient. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah, there it is. I was gonna say I thought acetone was the main thing in trim solvent, but it has some other stuff in it too. Like you said, maybe some ammonia, because um, Windex with ammonia will do it too, uh, to an extent. And like you said, when the when the adhesive changed, you know, it may have changed how it reacts with it and whether ammonia works really good now or not. But uh, but yeah, I think uh, acetone was the primary. Um, component solvent in trim solvent yeah so uh, the the ammonia process i'm referring to would have been on the the monocoat after the glue change okay so maybe that's what maybe that's what made it work but uh, so you've seen jeff dalton's uh orange mm -hmm. mamba 70 oh yeah Uh, he's used that process though that plane is actually covered with ultra coat base and then monocoat for all the uh subsequent layers and he used the ammonia process on it. Nice to get it to stick over the top. That's cool. Huh? Yep. Good to know. So good to know. But anyway, so monocoat may be gone. Uh, buy what you can, why you can. I know all seven of our listeners are going to go into a buying spree and buy it all up. But uh, I'm surprised <laughs> the commercials on the Balsa model builders haven't already wiped them out you it might be happening never know yeah once they catch wind of that if it's if it's true that it's finally happening then uh, so should i just make a large order to horizon or to tower hobbies and then hoard it over like i need you to build my airplane i'll give you this roll of covering if you fix my airplane (laughs) right (laughs) he's bartering material yeah Yeah. (laughs) telling you man it's my retirement plan Yep. <laughs> but, uh, so, let Jason take this next one because I 
I Even after he explained it, I wasn't really sure what he was talking about. I haven't looked at this. Oh, okay. Uh, this is just kind of uh, gee whiz information. But uh, there's a aerofred.com, which is a website that has a bunch of plans, uh, RC plans. I go there quite often just to look at what they have, and they update it all the time. So it has scale plans, uh, pattern aircraft plans. Um, all kinds of stuff. And they're arranged by category. You can look through them. I mean, they have free flight models. Um, some are new plans. They have a few uh, 3D printed aircraft. And they, they have, you know, classic plans too, all the way back to early AMA stuff. So Dude, there's it's a, just it. On the main page is a Falk Wolf 190 D9. I would <laughs> love to own one of those. There's all kinds of stuff in there, man. Anyway, well, you're um, going to have to build this hoop skirt thing. Damn it, I closed it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, was looking a crazy that. looking one. That is a weird... Um, what's that? Uh, no, that's not the same. Uh, oh, that's all Jason right there. The I want to see that thing, flying, Jason. Jason. Um, was that Clay? I would. <laughs> I I'm trying to think of the... So the circle, it's a type of lifting body, and I can't remember what they call that. Ring one. wing. Okay, there's another one too. Um, uh, it's like Fechner, Fechner rotor, something like that. You know, you ever heard? Of, let me look it up. I'm not sure about that one. Uh, it's a cool website, though, man. They got a lot of different stuff on here. Uh, yeah, that's I was, that's that was my point. I just like going on there and looking. Sometimes they have stuff that you've never seen before. And like I said, there's a full range. Some of them are classic. Some of them are new. So it's, um, I actually get an email from them whenever they get new plans in. They'll send out a, a newsletter that just kind of updates you with the, the new plans that they just got in over the last couple of weeks. So I get like that said, in my email. There's a whole deal on 3D printed kits. Whole stack of them right there. That's yeah. cool. Free, uh, flight. Free, free flight models. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Control line. Just so Flettner rotor. Look that up. That is a weird thing. You want to get your mind blown. That name does sound familiar. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, the Flettner rotor system works off of the Magnus effect. Okay, yeah, that's the one that's got the the cylinders instead of wings and it spins them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's like the rotor sails. I would say I've seen it in the rotor sail. That's what that comes up when you Google it. Okay. Um. But there's yes, flying machines that have used flattener rotors as well. Uh, that is unusual. I have, I have, I have enough trust issues that I don't need that one. <laughs> but I was trying to think of that other one that the uh, that the hoop skirt, uh, the principle it works off of, because there's there were some full scale attempts at that, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, it's like a like a Dyson fan almost. Um, <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. That's, that's hilarious. Flying Dyson. <laughs> well, saying, you know, it might work. <laughs> Never know. All right. Plug one oh, of those Dysons into some 440 or something, you know, 480 <laughs> volt and see if you can make it fly before it burns up. Right. Right before it know. burns up, it might achieve lift. <laughs> now, this is taking a weird turn. All right. So I need to find... Uh, a place to find some good three views because I want to play around with making some stick planes 
uh, I, I don't know why. I just want to laser cut some stick planes. But uh, I need a way to draw. Like, a, 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 it would be great to find some three views to draw over. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is every time I find a three view, it's for like a warbird. I need to find three views for like edges and extras. It's my a warbird, Clay. <laughs> well, I know you've got six forty fives laying around. Don't not lie. Oh, oh! I bet you have a box of them somewhere. You're just hiding them. Tell the buddy. Closest thing I've got is a uh, high tech seventy nine eighty fives. Uh huh. Here sure, we sure. go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there ain't nobody out here that's been in RC very long that don't have high tech six forty fives laying around somewhere. I don't have them. Whatever. It's only because you put them under a nice warbird. Well, they, were, they were in it already <laughs> sure sure that's what i would say too wow <laughs> and clay and his i don't know birds. what happened all right so here's so, a, here's a prank kit. i just haven't had any luck finding three views for uh so i may have to talk to you later on jason about where to find some good three views to to use for that not a problem. I actually, I'm pretty sure I have a couple, but I don't remember. I have a couple three views of aerobatic aircraft. I don't remember exactly which ones they are. Okay. I, I've got several thousand on my computer. Several thousand three views of different aircraft. Every now and then I just thump through there and, you know, pick something that interests me to do some calculations on and a little bit of drawing. So, yeah, it's, I don't know, overactive uh, imagination. But <laughs> you need a hobby or something, man. If you're getting that bored, no, oh, right? Don't you have a B52 to build or something? Like I said, it's cold out there. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh man, he hasn't resorted to bringing it in the house. So, right? Not yet, anyway. Well, not this year. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. So last year I had that landing gear in here, and I was working on it all winter. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I remember that. Yep. Well, we've got one more. That was yeah. a big deal. You want to talk about that one, Clay? Uh, I'll mention it. Um, so a lot of people probably, if you're listening, you might have already heard about it, likely have already heard about the merger between Extreme Flight and Northwest RC. Uh, essentially, uh, Chris Henson and Ben Fisher were the co-owners of Extreme Flight, and they have merged with Super Tim and Tim will be the general manager, I believe is what they're referring to him as. So he'll run day-to-day operations over at Extreme Flight. He'll be moving from uh, up near Seattle down to coming Georgia. And uh, this will all occur over the next few months. So Northwest RC's website will still be running. I think the, from what I can tell, it looks like the ultimate plan is to basically merge everything together uh, where, and I think the Northwest RC's website may go away. I'm not really sure on that, but yeah, so that's kind of the way, it, that's kind of the way I understand it. Um, but you'll go back to one sole place to get extreme flight rather than having Georgia and Washington, both as options, everything will come out of Georgia. And with that uh, extreme flight will be, the distributor retailer importer whatever you want to call it for north america on skywing 
So that's a, a pretty big, interesting move. Uh, in my opinion, that's big news. Yeah. I, I was wondering if they weren't going to leave the warehouse and stuff open up in the Northwest to have it as another shipping distribution center, but it may not be cost effective to do that. Um, um, just to, for people on that side of the country or Canada or whatever to ship from from there or to hold uh, certain stock. I don't know how close they are to the to the coast and getting you know containers easier or anything like that. But yeah, now, from from what I read, at least initially, they were still going to be shipping from uh, from that location. Oh, yeah, but I don't know if they're going to keep doing that. Well, I know it's been in the works for a long, long time. They've been talking about it, so uh, maybe a maybe a slow process as to how it finalizes. But uh, yeah. yeah, interesting for sure. The way I kind of understand it, and my speculation is that uh, they will continue to sell out of the Washington location until what's there is pretty much gone, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that's a a logistics move like why move it all right right twice yeah no, no point um rather than shipping an entire warehouse worth of materials to another warehouse just ship it from there right uh, to the end user but uh with that being said i did see somewhere where they were like the reason it was going to take time is container ships are already headed here or there mm-hmm. and future containers will be going to Georgia. Like there won't be. Okay. That's kind of the way. I'm so just, all future like orders. Yeah. Yeah. They're diverting it. So um, if there's a container already headed to Washington or to California, it's still going to go there. Okay. But then everything after that will be going to, to Atlanta. Um, so Tim's going to be traveling back and forth, both by van and plane. That's what he said. Uh, he'll be a busy, busy guy. Um, Sounds like he just needs to buy a plane. <laughs> well, <laughs> He's, the way it's not talk going back and forth so much. So um, this is yet again an, another speculation of mine, but I wonder if part of the motivation for this move is uh, a lot of the big events that Tim goes to, he will be closer to them if he lived in Georgia. Yeah. So it would overall cut down on his travel time. Yeah, true. He wouldn't be driving across the the country, literally. You know, uh, he would be, you know, two hours or whatever from Jonal, where they go a couple times a year. Um, All the stuff out at Mac Hodges, you know, they're a couple hours away rather than, you know, two and a half days. Yeah, I was going to say two days worth of driving, yeah. Yep. So... I would speculate that's part of the motivation behind Tim wanting them relocate. Um, but uh, we'll see. I did, uh, and this is just a teaser. I did reach out to Ben Fisher when it was announced. It was pretty big news in the, in the 3D world. And I said something to him about, hey, it would be great to get you three on a show together and we can all talk about the, the merger and he said, yeah, I'm in. So don't know when it'll be. No guarantee that it'll happen even. But uh, we're, I'm going to try to get uh, Chris and Ben and Tim on a show. And uh, maybe they can share some more details about it and future yeah. plans if they 
if they can talk about it. If These guys kept it under wraps. <laughs> I mean, they kept it quiet. Yeah. Oh, it's going to happen, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, if we well, could, have to catch Tim between uh, between visits back and forth and that kind of stuff. So hopefully we can catch him in a little bit of his downtime. Well, I know they kept this merger way quiet. Yeah. So, um, man, like it was quite amazing. Like, holy cow, that caught a lot of people off guard. So makes me makes me wish we'd been around the dinner table at Ben's house when we were in Tyler. No kidding. I wouldn't you know. have got talked about. <laughs> I know, but man, just to be a fly on the wall listening to that whole thing going uh, down, so be interesting. Yeah. Well, whenever I come back from New Orleans, I'd sent Ben a message. I'm like, "Hey, are you going to be around? I'm going to be traveling through." And he's like, "No, I'm going to meetings in Atlanta." I was like, <laughs> "All right, man, whatever." And then, <laughs> and then, like a couple of weeks later, like they make that announcement, and I'm like, "So that's what the meetings in Atlanta is about?" He's like, "Yep." I was like. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, but yeah, anyway, big news over there. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are like, yeah, dude, that's last week's news. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. know it's be- a big, big change for that whole, whole company. Um, yeah. and, uh, it's a big potentially, change for that segment of the hobby. Yeah. Potentially for, yeah, the entire segment because they service so much of it and you know the the crowd in the in the rc hobby is small uh, you know generally speaking uh across the board so uh i bet it's going to impact a lot of people and it's going to be a big change for some uh not in a negative way at all but uh just as a as a change in the way that some things may get handled and uh, uh hopefully benefit all of us yeah well it's going to be it's going to be interesting this next year uh, for sure to kind of see how things go. And uh, I'm sure they got a lot of stuff in the works. Uh, This kind of frees Ben up to do what he likes to do, which is design and build. And uh, so who knows what the mad scientists might come up with over the next few months. So, yeah. Yeah. If it frees him up to do what he wanted to do, that's, all the better for all of us. <laughs> Going to have to answer my questions about composite aircrafts. What's the hold that? That's funny. Uh, oh, man, anyway, we've been at this for a while, and uh, I'm kind of a. Uh, yeah, man, we're pushing. I'll be honest, I'm done. Like I don't have much else to talk about. <laughs> I don't either, and we're pushing. 1040 so we've got uh two and a half hours or so worth of uh stuff that we've been going back and forth on i know it's been a few weeks since we recorded anything so we had a lot of new stuff but when event yeah. season's not going on and we're not going places there's it's hard to find content sometimes so uh to have all this stuff you know talked about in the last couple of weeks uh you know gave us something that we could we could bring uh bring out so that and just uh this time of the year it's uh matt's been real busy jason's been busy traveling and trying to spend time at home when he gets an opportunity and yeah i've been traveling like crazy over the last few weeks as well so yeah i was gonna say trying to find a time when we're available has been challenging Yeah. yeah your december was busy too yeah every weekend going somewhere and 
uh, traveling for work and everything else. And yeah, I've been slammed with work and personal stuff and everything else. So I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad we got around to it and enjoyed it. Well, and then we had to wait on the Siegfried and Roy podcast to come out so we could respond to that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And they recorded another one, but this one will get posted before theirs, I bet. So. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to make a quick mention of uh, Wichita Falls Iron Man for yeah. New Year's Eve? We do. Yeah, we do a New Year's fly normally every year, um, January 1st. Uh, we do what we call an Iron Man. Go out there and freeze just to get a flight in for the first flight of the year, kind of thing. Um, this year we've decided to do it on New Year's Eve because New Year's is on a Sunday, and ninety percent of the people that uh, we talked to were tied up and not able to go on Sunday. So, um, we're going to do it on Saturday. I think one o'clock out at uh, our field here in town at Lake Wichita Park. Um, so that'll be happening. Um, are y'all doing one up in Duncan this year? Yeah, it'll be New Year's Day like always. So that frees us up to go do that then. Well, that's what I was going to say is this is the first time since I've been around here that uh, hopefully I'm going to get to go do both. Yeah. Uh, I usually end up doing Duncan only. You guys do Wichita Falls only. So uh, yeah, my same intent here. is uh, to come down and, and do the Ironman on New Year's Eve and and then Duncan's on uh, New Year's Day. So I will definitely give it a shot. Hopefully the weather uh, plays nice with us next week. So yep, uh, we'll go from there. What else have we got? We've got that indoor fly. Do you want to mention that? Uh, Jan- or, yeah, January 20th, 21st? Yeah, I feel like I really didn't do it any uh, service this recording. We talked about it more last time or time before. Yeah, a little sometime. bit, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I did make a visit out to uh, out to the Rolling Oaks Mall in San Antonio. That was part of my traveling. Rolling Oaks last... sounds like a retirement center. It does. Doesn't <laughs> it? Shady Pines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we went out there and uh, everybody's in a wheelchair. Or rolling or we went anyway, checked sorry. out the uh, <laughs> went checked out the mall. Went to the hobby shop. Uh, they got a pretzel place for Casey. There you uh, go. <laughs> they got a Charlie's cheesesteak that was pretty pretty good. They had a Chick-fil-A. So anyway, we went and hung out in the mall. They have a Lego store too. That was actually pretty nice. Cool. Yeah. The hobby <laughs> shop's pretty cool too, right? From what I understand. Yeah, the hobby pretty shop is uh so it has, an indoor, it has two indoor tracks. Uh they had a lot of car stuff at the one in the mall. Um, but uh he had a, quite a few airplanes too. But I guess uh from what Jason told me he has another hobby shop down the road that's more that's airplane right. stuff. Well, it makes me want to uh, tune up one of my tent scale electrics, take it down there. Yep. I think these were smaller than that. Well, I'll just run them over. But anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have an indoor event. It's gonna be January twentieth and twenty first. Let me make sure that's yeah, the right. That's text. Friday and Saturday. Yeah, Friday Saturday. Uh, so. The mall put the restriction on us. Uh, the last two hours that the mall is open, so from six to eight, it's UMX only. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna have some events going on with night vapors, and so if you have a night vapor size and speed aircraft, like Larry has the Ember Two, I think that's gonna be a pretty good one for this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we're going to have some little games and challenges and stuff that involve the night vapors. So we'll fly those around. Uh, we have to kind of stay off to one side, one end of the mall there while the mall is open. Um, then once the mall closes at eight o'clock, we can expand out into this atrium area a little bit more and uh, we'll restrict it to uh, planes with three S one thousands. Essentially, Twisted Hobbies, JTA, uh, size airplanes, yeah, or flat like the e flight stuff. erratics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm going to be flying the uh, the JR Mighty Fly, uh, stuff like that. You know, keep it keep it reasonable. Yeah. Um, no helis. That was a mall thing. So sorry, guys. Oh, uh, um, I've but, got an uh, M1. Come on, it's small. Yeah. <laughs> We got to do a show of good faith here, but uh, I think it might be dig out my <laughs> night vapor. I got to see if it even still works. Yeah, having seen it in person, it's a it's a big place. I mean, it. I've seen a couple guys like, oh, it's not big enough. It is. It really is. It's. It'll be fine. Um, I'll be honest. Like, I think flying in in the cul-de-sac there at Jason's house would more challenging than it'll be inside of that place. Right. That's it looked like it was going to be plenty of space from what I saw in the videos. And it's like going over that little bridge area and around through that and the escalator, you know, that's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Um, and we'll fly, uh, like I said, from six to eight UMX or like my, uh, night vapors eight to midnight or whenever it'll be, uh, opened up to, to everything else. They put and, a time uh, they're going to kick us out. No, I I never heard a time that they're going to kick us out. Okay. Um, the other thing too is keep in mind that this is a a friendship event. You know, it's a show up and to plan to have a good time. Yeah. Um, this is not a. We mentioned it last time. It's not an event that we're just going to show up and just fly for twenty four hours. I mean, there's going to be plenty of flying. There's going to be a lot of fun to be had there. Uh the games are not meant to be taken overly serious. It's all about just having a good time and having fun. And, uh, there'll be some field trips involved. Um, I, uh, trust that Don Hockle's got, he's already working on the plans. <laughs> I am sure. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have field trips. Please yeah. be another Tyler type event. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm not going to swear to it. They got a couple others. They got a quite a bit of stuff in San Antonio, so it'll be a good time. Yeah. Uh, just come out and, and hang out and let's all go have fun. And, uh, I mean, dude, what else are you going to be doing in the middle of January? Right. Might as well be <laughs> hanging out with your buddies, having a good time. Right. Exactly. Especially inside. Right. Yeah. Casey will be at the pretzel place. You know, we'll get us some Jesus chicken. It'll be good. <laughs> there you go. That's the <laughs> spirit. Hit up the Lego store. Oh, that's awesome. Build this Lego plane. Yeah. We can yeah. make this happen. Absolutely. So. Cool. Well, that's it, man. And then, uh, yeah. So for more information, uh, look up Superfly on uh, Facebook. And uh, we'll be posting on the Superfly event page. It's not a group. It's just a page. But yeah. anyway, we'll be posting on there uh, as details develop and just reminders so yep yep that's gonna be a good time for sure we'll probably have another 
We'll have at least one more podcast we know, man. So speaking of Superfly, um this is mostly uh like it's clay and I, but <laughs> we need to start planning for next year. Yeah. Yep. I thought about that too. And uh figured you and I'd get have a conversation about that. But I figure after New Year's we need to start having some conversation with with the few of the town folk about that so. agreed yeah yep. i think we can uh, we can have some fun hit it hard and get a, get a good thing going now that we know a little bit more about what we're going to have to do <laughs> i think it'll go a little bit better and, uh, <laughs> and maybe make it even bigger and better than last time Absolutely. yeah that first one's always a learning curve and then it's okay what did we do and not do and that kind of thing so yeah definitely yep Jason, I don't remember if you were there, but the guy that left us high and dry on that, yep. we went to uh, the Mexican place that you and I had ate at. Okay. Yeah. And we ran into him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. ask, him ask him some questions. <laughs> no, I didn't speak to him. I, I saw him. And then I said something to somebody. I was like, yeah, the guy that left us high and dry is that guy. <laughs> uh, he probably duck and run after that. He, he, uh, he, he, we both mutually pretended like we didn't know each other. Basically, <laughs> is what I kind of gathered. I bet. Maybe he didn't really realize who I was, but I knew who he was, and I was like, right. "Yeah, I'm not going to go talk to him." Made it happen without him, so whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but uh, I don't yeah. remember if I told you that, Jason. But it was kind of nah. funny just to run into him. <laughs> it was uh, the Wednesday when we were all setting up out there. Uh, nice. I don't remember who all it was that went, but uh, yeah, that's anyway. fine. Well, don't don't tell us you're going to help us. And how much you're looking forward to it? Then ghost us. <laughs> exactly, like he literally just ghosted us. Disappeared. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. It worked but, out. Yeah, no kidding. All but right, anyways, guys. Yeah, I'll, I'll sign say, off here. I'll say I think I'm about out. Jason, you got anything else you want to mention? No, sir. I believe we hit it pretty good today. All righty. Well, we appreciate you guys all listening to us. And uh, I'll save it, W. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and just to mention another podcast, go check out the Hootie RC Heli podcast. We've been giving them a bunch of crap, uh, the old Siegfried and Roy podcast. But uh, <laughs> uh, give check them out. Their last uh, their last one's really good. I enjoyed the. Uh, the last podcast they had so um but anyway uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in and we will talk at y'all later see ya <laughs>